0: I'm very long for her today. I'm hard for to
1: Monday and, and uh, another big show for us. for us. Um I know it's kind of old news at this point, but uh we and have I know you guys heard about the news regarding Brody Lee. Um, um such sad, sad news. news. Um, uh we send, send out, out all of our condolences to, our our condolences to his family, family and here and at the Attitude Era Live. But, but uh, uh again guys I am doing my my, my other job, job, so I'm gonna be in and out all night. So icon, Granny, uh take this real quick. I gotta handle something, I'll be right
0: back.
2: All right. Well, it is 2021. Well, New year, same attitude, same hosts, bringing it live to you. And tonight's show is no different. I'm going to announce again real quick here. We got the Puff Mania boys coming on in a couple
0: days.
1: We're going to have
2: Rudy Gonzalez. We're going to have uh, Jenny. Hall, who's a new, new celebrity from Bad People Magazine, and Nikita Bresnikov. The Russians are coming. The Russians are definitely coming. And it's their live tonight. Uh, this is going to be a great year. I've had uh, Jeff booked up all, all this year since last year, so it
3: is going to be wonderful, and it is going to be great. And uh, yeah,
2: so we'll have some fun tonight with what we're doing, and uh, we'll have to mute Big Swing and then uh, we'll bring him back on. Uh, it's a little noisy there, so but uh,
0: we don't really know we're going. Yeah.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and give him and then he can chime in and um, so. so uh Granny, twenty twenty one is here. And Yes uh, it is. Uh you know, I uh I was gonna mention the date and I forgot I forgot the date already I'll have to go back and look. Uh from uh, when you first posted on our uh off the ropes page. Uh, for the first day that you ever joined us And um, uh, I believe it was April ninth, If I'm not mistaken A couple years back uh, And you know people are thinking Well you know uh, This is New Year So it must be celebrating their New Year uh, Their year anniversary And that is actually not uh, Yes it is New Year But our, uh, our anniversary actually does not start Until the Monday after Wrestlemania that is when we started doing this together. And uh, like I say, we've had a lot of co-hosts. Uh, we've had a lot of people check in and out since then. Uh, but uh, Big Swing and I have been here since uh, since the, the beginning. And uh, we added Granny, and uh, we're going to keep entertaining. <clears throat> you. And for those of you who don't know, we are not going anywhere. That's, That's right. right. COVID has not been able to put us down, so we are not going anywhere. That's what we are going to maintain for you. Um so hopefully the Puff Mania guys will call in uh shortly and then uh we're gonna preview what they're doing. Uh their match is uh coming up next weekend. And uh then we'll get to our we'll get to our guests. So so when they call in, we'll
1: bring it on. So, what did you guys think about uh, the way Raw ended last week with the cliffhanger of Alexa Bliss, my dream girl, uh, potentially being set on fire by Randy Orton? I mean, do you think WWE is trying too hard here to be edgy because the ratings are tanking? Or, I mean, I, I do you like this whole storyline with going back to the Firefly Funhouse with, you know, the... Uh, the fire, everything, or, or I mean, what do you guys think about what they're doing right now? Well, well I you gotta remember,
2: little... her name is her name is Alexa Bliss. Her name is not Joan of Arc. I mean,
4: you know, it, it's, I think a it's a little crazy. From... I think it's a little it crazy, is. but
2: you know, well, uh, I don't get it. Of course, nothing that the WWE has done in the last year and a half we have gotten, um, so. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, like I say, we'll just wait for those guys. We'll have to put them on right away so um, they don't uh, interfere with our uh, next guest. I've got a that. funny story
4: to share with you guys. We went to a wrestling show over the weekend over in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. It was at Hill Spring Church. My very good friends, Audra and Nathan Estrada, they actually go there to that church, and they started a wrestling promotion called Core Professional Wrestling, and her wrestling name is Skylar Slice, and he goes by his real name, Nathan Estrada. And the money that they raised, and I don't know if this is going to be for every single show or if it was just for this particular debut show, but they raised money to help the kids in their church. Like, you know, when the kids go to summer camp, you know, or whatever, and maybe a kid can't afford, you know, the parents can't afford to send their kid to camp. So the money that they raised Saturday night is going to help their youth program in their church, which I thought was pretty awesome. Well, about a year or so ago, my son and my husband and I, we went to uh, UWE in Tahlequah. Well, he was holding his little dog Mysterio on his lap, and my our good friend Dexter Hardaway, he was acting like the bad guy that night. And he raised his arm back like he was going to hit Anthony. And, man, Mysterio's eyes got really big, and Mysterio just... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well... Dexter happened to be wrestling in this particular show Saturday night, and he got thrown over the top ring rope, and he started hollering at Anthony again, and I guess Mysterio remembered that, and he just went ballistic. He just, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and everybody started laughing at the show, and Anthony put him in his little pet stroller, and he was still barking at Dexter. So I thought that was, was really, really funny.
2: You know? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna bring the Pulp Mania guys on and uh we're gonna we're gonna let you finish
4: the story. Oh no, uh, I was fini- I was finished. I was finished, so okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Hey so we do have the seven oh one. Oh,
1: you already got it. Okay. All right, all right, yeah, hey look, got, look at Icon got. being quick today. All right, yeah. good stuff, good stuff. We, all right.
2: We, yeah, we, we now have only six minutes. Uh let's bring them out of the greener right now. Pulp Mania boys, tell us. ...about the upcoming event, when it is, where it is, tell us about the matches. You guys got six minutes. What do you got? Go ahead.
3: But uh, What's up, Icon? Granny Hulkster, Big Swing. And what's up, Papa Maniacs that are listening? I'm Ace to Kid Hagen with none other than Puster himself, your boy Big Papa Puff. We're down here to get some into business. Our show is coming up in two weeks, January 7th, Steve, live at the Double Street Event Center in West Fargo, North Dakota with the doors opening at 3 p.m. and the bell time at 4, and we have a pre-show for the for the Puppet Maniacs. If they come early enough, it's going to be one grade A certified decent pre-show. We have take team action, and we have a contract signing for our pre-show. Uh, tickets are still on sale. Message Puppet Mania for your tickets. And, uh, well, let's start talking about some matches we got here. We got NDS versus Rampage Party, uh, triple-threat championship qualifying match between Cota Jacobs, Kitts, and Johnny CK, and we can't forget about that last-man-standing match between Duke Cornell and Bobby Brennan, and Buster, I'm going to let you talk about the
2: first-ever
3: OOFTA match.
4: Well, we got the very first-ever
2: OOFTA match, which is a Puppa Mania-exclusive Match, it's something that we've personally created ourselves. We have the Renaissance man, Ricky Norn, and the controversial one, Kato, in
3: that match. It's going to be unbelievable. And also, we have another championship qualifying match, Matthias versus Mayhem. Uh, so that just the whole night's going to be good. we got more matches to be announced. But Icon, Granny Hulkster, Big Swing, Pulp Maniacs, Attitude Area Maniacs, we have a match announcement right here for you guys. A North Dakota Championship qualifying match, Rock Solid Ross versus Stonehenge at Whiteout, January 17th.
2: Well, that uh, that sounds like you got a pretty good card, and... uh... Uh, don't forget to mention that the icon will be there on commentary. And for those of you who are listening, have been listening for the last couple weeks, uh, audio commentary, ringside commentary, is the only thing Con is going to be doing. I'm going to be behind the table, behind the microphone, and that's where I'm going to stay. I'm going to walk in the building, plant my ass behind the table, and I ain't going anywhere but there. Well, uh, it's a bad thing, but don't worry, because you're going to have perfect company, because you're going to have the pups are right next to you, doing commentary with you at Whiteout. But
3: eventually,
2: the icon will give uh, those that uh, have their up-and-comings coming to them, you can mark my words on that, it just ain't going to happen now. But uh, the Icon will be there. Hey, and I'll I'll even sign autographs for uh, uh, my fans that are coming out. Uh, Anybody uh, wants to come over and say hey during uh, intermission, I'll be sitting at the the broadcast booth there ready to sign autographs. Uh, So uh, come on out. uh, Meet the Icon. Uh, Come see some great wrestling. The one thing about Puff Mania, they'll sell you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. That's our new model there, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, and eventually, eventually, we're going to try and get Granny Holster out there because uh, I would like to see her uh, uh, turn uh, Sylvester J. Fox every which way but loose uh, like Eddie Rabbit once talked about. Well, so I'll tell you what, be fun.
3: she's going to have to pay for her plane ticket to get here to sit on her edge for a Puffa Mania show.
2: All right, boys, you got uh, two minutes. Give us one last wrap up. When it is, where it is, how they can get tickets. Uh, give us the lowdown one more time.
3: So you can come to PWA Presents Whiteout at the Double Tree Event Center live January 17th. Uh, doors open at 3 p.m. with the bell time at 4 p.m. Like we said, we got a huge pre show lined up for you as well. Message Puffamania directly for your ticket. <clears throat> Ringside 15, GA 10, and Tables go for 100. They seat up to six, and I believe they come with a little bottle of bubbly. I believe that's for this Puster. And So with your picky up, of Maniacs, I'm Ace the Kid Hagen with none other than the Puster himself. Your boy, Big Papa Pup. And we're
2: talking to you via Aguirre Live with the Big Swing, Grand hawkser and none other than the man himself, the Icon. All right, thanks guys. Uh we're gonna thanks, have a next, uh, next week will be the big uh the big uh, uh uh final uh pitch before the big event. So uh yeah. So uh you guys call in next week and uh we'll we'll catch you on the flip side, All right, boys? Thank you.
3: Yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side. Same pub time, same right. pup channel. Good night.
2: There Good night, go. Popamani, you guys. Um uh, yeah, Granny, we, de- we definitely got to get you uh, uh, down here for that. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you'd have some fun with Sylvester uh, J. Fox, as You know, he'll. Oh, I know, I would. You know, I know, I would. You know that he'll come find you. You know, he'll he'll oh, uh, yes. pick you up. Oh yeah, I'm
4: I'm sure I'm sure he would. I'm I'm sure he would. So I'm not too hard to find, Sylvester <laughs> J. Fox. Yep.
2: All right. Well, it looks like our uh, our next guest is on, so I'm going to go ahead and put him on, and then I'm going to introduce him. That'll have some fun. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have the legendary one himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you
3: Rudy Gonzalez.
5: Hey, this is Rudy Boy Gonzalez here in San Antonio. You're listening to the Attitude Era, live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and granny hulkster, brother.
2: Hey, Rudy, how are you, buddy? Thank you for joining us tonight.
3: How are you guys doing? Happy New Year.
2: Hey, happy New Year, to you. We're pretty good. We want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join us. Uh, what we're going to do here is if you want to give us a little quick a little background about yourself, and then uh, I'll ask you some questions, and we'll do a little roundtable, and then we'll have some fun.
5: All righty. Um, I've been in wrestling business since 1982, January 2nd, as a matter of fact. Uh, I started with Southwest Championship Wrestling here in San Antonio, and uh, I worked for various promotions around the state. I did a few things with WWF and WCW. I've mm-hmm. uh, been to Mexico. I ran uh, a place called the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy for a couple of years, trained a couple of good guys, well, actually a few good guys. And um, now I have my own wrestling school, and so here we are.
2: So tell me, were you uh, working for Shawn Michaels before or after the biker shorts?
5: <laughs> During, as a matter of fact. There are, there are a few oh, days when you walked... Yeah, there are a few days where he walked in and the uh, and uh, as a matter of I mean I'll tell you guys a story if you want to hear it.
0: Sure,
3: go ahead.
5: So 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 one day here he wore these on you know these shorts or whatever on on uh, on
6: raw or whatever.
5: So one day we're doing we're doing the we're doing body slam class and we're trying to instruct the guys how to body slam each other and stuff like that. And um, so one guy almost dropped the other guy on his head and. And um, another guy slipped and whatever, you know, just different things were going on. So Sean said, okay,
0: uh,
5: Rudy's going to pick me up like he's going to slam me, but I can't slam him because of his of his back surgery. So uh, Sean's wearing this, this um, Shawn Michaels Wrestle Academy T-shirt with the sleeves cut off, and he's wearing one of those, uh, I think Triple H called them banana huggers. Yeah, yeah. One of those biker shorts, and so I scoop him up, and he says, "Okay, hold me here." And he's posting himself on, you know, while I have him up in his body slam, and he's like, "All right, you guys are supposed to do this and this and this, and then this guy's gonna do that." And meanwhile, uh, I have my my right hand propped up on his on his, you know, around his around his head because I'm gonna slam him, and I have my left hand. Grabbing his junk.
2: Package? His package? Yes. His hand bottom? <laughs>
3: his,
5: yeah. And I was like, what the, f-, you know, what's the yes am I doing? And he's sitting there talking, and I, I don't want to move my hand because what do you do? <laughs> you know, it's, so he goes, and then finally he says, it felt like, it felt like an hour, but it was probably a couple of seconds. So he's like, all right, put me down. So, man, I put him down. I'm like, what the f-? And all the students are looking at me like, you know, you just had your hand on Sean. You know. But yeah, he was—he'd wear him every now and then to training.
2: Uh, Rudy Gonzalez is our guest here. We got uh, 27 minutes here with Rudy. Now, trust me, you don't know how uh, many uh, female listeners uh, uh, applaud you for being that close to Sean <laughs> <Shawn> Mike <Michaels. laughs> Ah,
0: it's nothing. <laughs>
2: So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you a few questions, then we'll go to Granny, then if uh, Big Swing can chime in, he he's doing uh triple duty tonight, so he may or may not join us. But so now you were with uh the WWF uh and the WCW. Uh which one were you with the longest? Um
5: I, it might have been W it might have been WWF. I was doing they're bringing me in for enhancement stuff. And that that lasted about I, mean, I want to say about three years, maybe four years. Uh, I was with WCW. Uh, I was doing the ring and stuff. I got that job through Telly and Joe Blanchard. Um, and so I was probably there for maybe two years or so. Uh, once Telly left the company, to he went to go work for WWF, and then uh, it was just a matter of time before me and me and Joe Blanchard were released. So. What ended up happening was Joe got Joe got released, and he called me and said, "Hey, they just they just cut me loose. You know, you may want to see what your status is with the company." And so I called. I talked to uh, Jody Hamilton, and I said, "Hey, I'm you know, this Rudy Gonzalez here in San Antonio, and helping the ring and all this stuff." And, and he said, "Yeah, Rudy. Yeah, we know who you are. Yeah, no problem." No problem. Uh, he goes, "Yeah, we have to release Joe. We're we're cutting costs and stuff." And so yeah, we're we're you know, you're you are we kinda of like you know, you're kind of in on that package too, but we are gonna call you back. We do wanna bring you back into the company. Just sit tight and wait for the phone call. And I said, Oh, okay, no problem. And I hung up and uh you still I'm waiting still for the waiting. Call? I said, <laughs> Yes I am.
2: Well, uh, I, I I hate to tell you but uh they're out of business so you're probably not gonna get that call, but um now I just I'm just kind of curious. Um, and forgive me for the bad impression, but he was always one of my favorites. Did you ever get to work with the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the second most recognizable athlete next to Muhammad Ali?
5: So at one at one time, so like years ago when when uh, Joe Blanchard had just closed Southwest Wrestling, uh, and. There really wasn't a whole lot going on. NWA came down here for a a short little tour in Texas. And so they had like, uh, Magnum and TA and Dusty. And, uh, I think Sting was on that deal. And then like the bottom card were local guys. And so me and this other guy, we were the first match and we went out there and did what we do. You know, we were, you know, we're just a couple of kids and, um, went out there and put a match together you know we were always told like the first match sets the tone for the card and so we went out there and and did our thing and as soon as we came through the curtain Dusty Dusty was right there waiting for us and he was like uh my god brother my brother you know you guys worked your tails off I wish all my crew would work way you guys you know and me and the the other guy's name was Manu Villalobos and and uh you know, he gave us a little, you know, pep talk and pat us on the back and stuff, and we were on top of the world for years. I mean, that that really meant a lot to us. And then um, when he was with TNA, I got a phone call from him out of nowhere, and yeah, he, he wanted to, I guess he was starting that turnbuckle wrestling uh, that right. he was running, that he was running himself, and again, he wanted to run some shows through through Texas. And so he called me about ring rental and stuff like that. But it never happened, though. So, yeah, I've worked so, with him a couple uh, of
3: times. So we have a Rudy, uh, Rudy Gonzalez, guest here. We've got
2: uh, 23 minutes here. Uh, now, uh, Rudy, I'm going to introduce you to uh, one of my uh, co-hosts, uh, Granny Hulkster. I know that uh, you know she is excited that uh, I told her we were bringing on a, a, a wrestling legend. So, Granny, what do you got for our guest? Rudy,
4: go ahead. Well, hello. I am Granny Holster. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a huge fan of the sport. And you probably know a lot of my uh, Texas buddies uh, that wrestle down in Texas. Probably, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> so I have a lot of friends in Texas that do a lot of wrestling, you know, and have some referee. For, I have a really good referee friend down in Texas as well. So, by the name of James Beard, I'm sure you know him.
5: I know James. Very good guy. Love to death.
4: And Tim and Tim Storm, I'm sure you are very familiar with him as well.
5: Another great guy. Yes, sir. Or, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I had the opportunity to really get to know James and Tim all the years that traditional championship wrestling ran in Arkansas, and they did TV tapings, and they still show the old episodes of TCW down in the Little Rock area, and I still, to this day, have people come up and ask me, hey, aren't you that... That lady in the yellow shirt on T C weren't you was Granny? That,
5: <laughs> was that with Matt Riviera?
4: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he knows your and Greg Anthony and I call I a matter of fact when T, when when T C W was running I called Greg Golden Girl. <laughs> that was that was my nickname for him, was Golden Because, see, Granny does not like the heels. I right. can talk some pretty good smack to the heels if I, when I have to. So, you know, that was a lot of great times. But I guess one of my questions to you, first, it is an honor to have you on our show, and it's a pleasure to get to talk to you tonight. What was one of your most, I'm going to say, interesting matches you've had in your career, whether it was in WCW or WWF? What was your one of your most interesting matches you've had in your career?
5: Uh, I guess I would say like, uh, uh, what, one of my, you know, when I, when I first broke in, we had a guy here named the mummy. And, uh, so the mummy was a slow moving guy. And, and, uh, so, you know, you hit him or whatever and powder and flew from his, you know, and, and all you could really do. I mean, you couldn't really do anything with him. You couldn't run around the ring because he was the mummy and he moved a certain way. And, and so you kinda like have to you know, just let him do what he's gonna do, you know. Uh, other than that, man, I mean all the other matches that I've ever had have been just traditional, you know uh I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna pull your hair, that type of stuff, you know.
2: And uh, you know, you mentioned uh you mentioned the mummy, uh, you know, Garth Brooks had a song about him uh, a couple of years back called Completely Wrapped Up in You. <laughs> I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> uh Rudy Gonzalez, I guess here. We got uh twenty minutes here with Rudy. So now uh you're uh you have your own uh, wrestling school. Let's uh let's kind of channel that a little bit, because uh, I told you that we'd be able to talk about that. Uh if uh someone wanted to uh get trained at your school, what would they have to do and uh what kind of report card do they have to bring uh to get into your school?
5: Um so I know the, the 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 proper way, I guess, would be to look for guys that look a certain way and athletic background and that type of stuff. And and uh, you know, and that really is a you know. But I mean, nowadays, guy, you know, it, it's like when Brian. Okay, let's just say, say when Brian Kennedy and Brian Danson walked in, into Sean's school, we would we never even thought they would be they would still be around twenty years later, you know. So all I ask guys, if they want to be the, you know, if they want to learn to, you know, if they want to be pro wrestlers or whatever, all I ask them is come in and work hard. So I guess the the main thing, the main checkbox is just come in with heart and passion and just train. Just, you know, I don't care if you're too big. There's no such thing as being too big, too small, too, you know. Just come in and if you if this is what you really want to do, then come in and just put everything into it and. And, uh, who knows, you know, I don't make any guarantees of nobody, but you never know, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a whole different world now than when, than when I, when I started wrestling. So, now, um,
2: when, when someone, when someone, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when someone comes into your school, you know, I mean, you know, there's always going to be that one guy or two guys that think, well, you know, Hey, this is uh this is all just uh this and that, and I can do that. And, uh, you know, all you got to do is learn how to do this and do that. And, you know, they come in with a head of steam and they, they come in with an ego. Uh, what do you uh, have to do to shut that down or do you not shut it down? Do you, uh, do you uh, um, embrace it? I, I I have never kicked a guy out of my gym,
5: but I have guys – I have had guys leave. Uh, simply, I mean, like back again, back in the day – they got you in the ring, they blew you up, and they beat you up, and then you said to hell with this, and you left. So we kind of, I kind of do the same way, except I let you figure out that this isn't this you weren't cut out for. Me. I don't touch none of the guys. I don't touch them. I just make them do squats, push-ups, punches, rolls, all the ring stuff, and they figure out on their own this isn't what I thought it was, and uh, they they kind of like inch their way to the door and they leave on their own. Uh, I've never kicked a guy out of the gym at all. Um, and I, and I've had some, I've had some guys that, you know, I was in desert. I was in a grenade. I was in, uh, Fallujah. I was, I'm used to sweat. I'm used to all the hard work. And then after, you know, 30 minutes later they're sitting there throwing up by the trash can. So, (laughs) you know, uh, yeah, I, we, I just run, I, I, I run this, I run training, uh, like it was meant to be. I mean, I put the guys through the grind, and I push them as much as I can. You know, I'm not, I'm not the sarge like at the at the uh, power plant at WCW. I'm, you know, I mean, I want guys to to work and to perform hard stuff, uh,
2: and they, they figure it out on their own. They, they figure it out. So, uh, so in a way, you're not. Uh, we have uh, Rudy Gonzalez. So I guess here we got 16 minutes. So, in a way, you're not like. But Sawyer who'll just uh break a couple bones and take their money and then send them on their way. No, man, you'll get sued
5: now if you do that. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll, they'll they'll post it on social media and you're done. you're you'll be done after one class. You can't do that no more.
2: Now, what is your what is your favorite thing about running the wrestling school? Is it uh uh, is it the fact that you you get guys to uh, get into the WWE and then you see them on TV every week, and uh, or is it just uh, being able to uh, work guys and get them into the business?
5: Um, well, I mean, obviously it's the getting them on TV and then seeing them like like Grant, you know, Brian Danielson and stuff like that. You know, seeing them go from the humble beginnings uh, and then making it to the big stage, like you know. Like they're doing Uh, But also uh, just seeing guys come in They have no idea what to expect They have no idea what's in store for them And then you see them Progress and you see them catching on and You see them learning Not just the
0: uh,
5: The entering stuff but they get the Attitude and the psychology down And and, and seeing them Blossom in that way you know Uh, I, I think I get more out of that Than anything else you know
2: now, and uh, I'm going to ask this question. We're not going to touch too uh, too much on it because it's pretty depressing. But uh, what has uh, COVID? Uh, how has that impacted your uh, your school? It
5: hasn't. In all in all honesty, it hasn't. Um, when COVID when COVID hit the middle, and here in Texas, the middle of March, everybody started freaking out and you know shutting stuff down or whatever. And making up these rules, you can't have more than ten people in the, in the building and stuff like that. Well, I had two guys that one from North Carolina and one from West Texas that just moved down here to start training in April. I mean, they relocated, they paid their fees they they're now stuck in a in a one year lease at their apartment and I mean, so what am I going to tell them So I pulled them into the gym and I said, "Look, guys, this is what we're doing here in San Antonio." Uh, we can get around that, but I need you know if you guys don't want to train, that's fine. But if you want to, we can get around all the stuff. We just have to be very careful. And so what we do is we we uh, like you still have to do this. I I left the gym uh, early, but after training or the day you know before training, we sanitize the ring, uh, uh, spray everything down, wipe everything down. Uh, I make I you know make the guys take breaks to wash up, wash their hands or whatever they got to do. Um, uh, but when they walk into the building, they, they get their temperatures taken. Uh, you know, and yes, yeah, so, And so when COVID hit, I had about 20 guys in, in that I was training. And yes, some guys were like, well, I don't want to get sick. So I'm not going to show up. And that, I totally got that. And I was fine with that and and whatever. Um, uh, but we never stopped training, man. We did we just kept going. Uh, I still do. I, I don't do shows. I haven't done a wrestling show since last March but I help out with other guys that do shows and I keep a bottle of sanitizer with me. All my guys get a bottle of sanitizer to use whenever they need. Um uh, but I keep a bottle of sanitizer with me. Uh, you know, I go to the restrooms at the at the events and I I wash my hands and stuff like that. I mean we haven't we haven't stopped anything
3: since it's you know, I
5: haven't anyway.
2: You know, you mentioned uh you you know you mentioned uh, uh Daniel Bryan. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's Daniel Bryan. Um, um, that's his real name that you mentioned. Uh, what was it like when you first met him, Brian
5: Danielson. Brian, Brian was a yeah. very humble guy, very down to earth. I mean, what you see on TV is what you is what you see is what I saw when he came down here. Very humble, very uh, uh, respectful. Uh, I mean. You know, he he was he was one of the
2: uh, he was a class act when he started.
3: You know, and just think
2: about this: uh, it's because of you uh, he gets to spend Thanksgiving with the Bella Twins. Think about that.
5: That guy has his own. Sh- well, he well, I was going to say he has his own show
2: also. So yeah, yeah I know I mean, it's uh, you know it's awesome. You know, um, so when you uh, when you decided to uh, start your own school, um. Did you uh did uh you know you have to give uh Sean a notice or did you just say uh I'm I'll, I'm going to wrap it up here in a couple weeks and go start my own or uh did you guys have a mutual split, or how that uh how that end up for you So
5: what happened what happened was Sean resigned a con- his contract
2: in January
5: of 2001 so he walks in the gym one day in January and he says, Hey, I just resigned my deal with Vince. And I'm like, Hey, that's great. I'm happy for you. He goes, yeah. So I'm going to be shutting down, um, you know, you know, pretty soon. And so we had just started a new group and Sean had new groups coming in every four months. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. We just started this. We just started with these guys. You can't just close up on them. And so he was like, yeah, you're right. He goes, um, uh, I said, at least keep the school open until April. And he said, uh, "All right." He goes, "I just won't be here." The good thing about Sean was that he, like, what he didn't want to do was he didn't want to run a wrestling school and not be there, like, like, um, you know, like a lot of other guys that had schools, but they were never there because they were doing, they're on the road doing shows, and so, um, so Sean was like, "I'm not, I'm just not going to be here all the time." I'm like, "That's all right." I've got it. Don't worry. Do what you got to do, and then in April we'll just we'll figure everything out at that point. So he goes, "All right, Well, He's like, um, "He goes unless you want, unless you want me to get you a job, I can I can put a good word in for you." And I said, "Yeah, you know, I thought about it." And I said, "No, I, I I'll, um, why don't I just keep the school? I just keep it." And he said, uh, "Is that what you want?" And I was like, sure. You know, I I enjoyed what I was doing. I was like, sure. Yes, I, yeah, I'd like that. And so he said, all right. So April uh, April ninth of ninth of uh, two thousand and one was the last training day for the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. Or actually, April eighth. And then April ninth, he said, all you got to do is just change your name. It's yours. And he gave him the keys to the building, and that was it. I didn't pay him for it. I didn't. There was no sign of the papers. Um, that was it.
2: That easy That's awesome uh, Rudy Gonzalez Guess well Hey at least uh, On uh, The way out uh, For your At least he can Throw you through A plate glass window Anyway We were on <laughs> We were on
5: The second floor So that would have Been a heck of a fall
2: Yeah <laughs> For all of you Who uh, don't know What I mean there uh, uh, That's how he Got rid of his uh, Tag team partner Marty Genet. Uh <laughs> So Um if uh, if our uh if any of our uh, listeners out there uh wanted to join your school, uh tell us um how they can do it and uh also let us know how our fans can uh, find you. Do you got a Facebook, you got Instagram, you got YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a GoFundMe, a YouTube, what do you got? Uh
5: I have all of that. I even have a fans only. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um yeah, thanks. <laughs> Facebook is Rudy Boy Gonzalez, and uh, for me and uh, Texas Wrestling Academy, uh, and that's on Twitter TX Pro Wrestling for Twitter. Uh, Instagram is Texas Wrestling Academy, and then I have a, a an Instagram for my promotion Texas Wrestling Entertainment. Um, email Texas Wrestling Academy underscore sa like San Antonio at yahoo.com and if anybody wants to text me just call me or whatever 210 326 1520
2: awesome and then um i don't know if you're uh, able to do it but uh you know if you uh, if you might be able to send us a few autographs for uh for our listeners uh i'll send you an address uh maybe you can uh, see what you can do for us on that and uh do you uh, have anybody training uh right now that uh might uh, want to cut their teeth and uh, do some interviews with us.
5: I've got a few guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I got a bunch of guys right now that, um, that are doing really well. Uh, one of my girls, Alex Gracia, is now on AEW. Um, she's been coming on there for the past few weeks, uh, on AEW dark. Um, and then I have Max Castellano. I have Alex Arsenal. I have Sabino blade, I have Michael Madrid. I have, uh, moonshine mantel i mean there's a few guys that would uh that would you you guys would find very interesting
2: well uh what i'll do is uh i'll uh i'll contact you uh sometime this week and then maybe we can uh, set that up for a later date that would be awesome and uh you know what's what's you know what's what's interesting uh, you know uh Uh go ahead. Uh go ahead. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Oh well, well I, yeah, I just well, I just I just heard my voice. It's like What am I like,
5: interviewing myself? I, I, I don't know what's going <laughs> on.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I hear an echo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear an echo,
4: yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know what's
0: with, I, I know what's going on with that
4: what's that's, what's that's weird. Hey Rudy, I got something to um tell you. Sure. I don't I know if you remember this or not. Back in 2014, I did a podcast with some friends of mine over in Oklahoma, a guy by the name of Terry Pantera. And know, we Terry had also. you Terry also. we had you on our podcast back in 2014. Wow. Wow.
2: I
5: think Terry has ain't Terry has doesn't he? Hope it, doesn't he?
4: Well, I don't I don't know about the COVID. I know he just had surgery for some sort of stents. I mean, he had some sort of
0: there you issues go. There you go.
4: with his pancreas or something like that. Or I know right. because he just right. recently got married, and I know he's been in and out of the hospital, um, different kinds of surgery recently. So, yeah, I
5: hope, yeah. He's, doing I hope he's doing better.
4: I think he is. I mean, last I saw he was anyways, but I just wanted to briefly mention that. But yeah, and Matt Riviera, he announced his retirement from wrestling the other day.
5: Years ago when Matt Years was ago, um, Matt was um, running those shows, running up, those, there, shows um, up there, um, uh, a couple of my guys, a couple Kalonda of my guys, bears, and, bears, um, and um, um, Jacob Kilgore went there, I believe. I remember, Matt, Jake,
4: Matt, I remember Matt. Jacob Kilgore.
2: Matt asked me about coming Matt up asking and, 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 sure, and I said, Sure, you know and and I I said,
5: Sure, you know, I don't he mind. said, I have a gimmick for you? He said, I have a gimmick? And, for and, you. and I what said what do you have in mind? What do you have in mind? And he said I want, you to, I want you to come, come up as a soccer player. As a soccer player.
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: <laughs> well see, when TCW P C W was running, I have well, I have one original granny shirt. He said, What's it gonna do when Granny Hester goes crazy on you? And then my friend that made me that shirt, she made me one when TCW was run. it's a Granny Hulkster, Queen of TCW. Well, then, when Matt started the storyline of the empire, you know, and everything, right. he says, right. oh, you can be queen of my empire. And I said, I am not going to be queen of your empire, Matthew. So get over it. <laughs> but I used to, I mean, and when Chris Masters came, and he put Greg Anthony in that Masters lock, He says, I don't know if you know this or not, but they're calling you Golden Girl. And the very last show that that TCW did, Tommy Dreamer was there, and he was part of an eight-man elimination tag team match with America, Scott Phoenix, and King Shane Williams against the Empire. And it got down to Matt and Tommy. And at the time, I had not had my first knee replacement yet, so I was walking with a cane. Well I was standing up taking pictures and it was one of those fold up canes, you know, that you you know, can fold right. up. Right. He grabbed right. my cane right. out of my hand and they're like, Oh my god, he's got Granny Holster's cane and Brian Thompson says, Granny, what do you think you're doing? This is fans bring your own weapons match and and he he <laughs> he knocked Matt to the floor and he started twisting the cane and Matt Rhodes is like, oh, my God, he's going down to the nether regions. And then he walks down and he starts uh, swinging. My uh, cane looks like he broke it. And everybody's just like, you know, the building's going wild. And he comes back and he takes the handle and he tucks it under Matt's tights and he pulls up on the cane and gives him, like, a serious wedgie and makes him start hopping like a bunny rabbit. And <laughs> I mean, times,
0: huh? But, times,
4: huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I I miss I'm I miss those guys. And of course, for a while, Matt was doing that CWA down like in the Mall area, you know, little North Little Rock area, you know, and uh, they did uh, they did a few shows and um, we went to a couple different shows and when they went to Hot Springs, but most of them were on Mall down by North Little Rock and right. so I really and you know, I, I was glad to get to see them all again, but. Yeah, but I remember Chris Masters saying to Greg Anthony, he says, I don't know if you know this or not, but they're calling you golden girl. <laughs> you know?
0: now, now, didn't Greg
5: have a heart attack or something?
4: Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. He, he actually yeah. had surgery, and he actually didn't know if he was going to be able to keep wrestling or not, but he's still wrestling. I mean, matter of fact, not too long ago, Greg did a <laughs> raffle on Facebook and he had a replica WCW heavyweight championship belt and that sucker is heavy well my son he had like 20 spots and my son actually won that WCW replica championship belt that sucker
7: is heavy
4: I mean I couldn't believe I was so happy that my son won that you know because we're such huge we're all such huge wrestling fans and I still like to holler at the bad guys. And, and of course, they are always telling me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip. And I had one wrestler tell me one night, he says, Granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? Now, this was like about four or five years ago, and I'm 58 now, so I was probably 53, 54. And I grabbed my keys out of my purse, and I doubled my fist up in his face. I said, Baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building, and he ran off screaming. <laughs> uh, Good stuff. Uh, Good
2: stuff. Rudy, Rudy, Gonzalez, Rudy, Rudy Gonzalez, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll you what Rudy. Uh, I'll
3: tell you, you what, Rudy. I do appreciate you taking time to, to time join. Us, time and hopefully, we can have you on. We have a little questions that we
2: want to get to. Uh, it's just that we 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 ran out of time. We ran out of time. We would like to have you back on again.
5: Any time, guys. Anytime really guys. I really appreciate the time you've given time me, you and, give um, me, and uh, th- that's fine. That's fine. Th- that's fine.
4: fine. Well, it we'll it we'll was great sure talking to you, sir. I It was a true honor to get time. to talk I to time. you again.
5: Thank you, guys. I appreciate Thank you guys, you guys having me, me on. Thank you, Rudy. Thank, Thank you. Have a good night.
4: Thank you. All right. Good night. night. All right. Good
0: night.
2: Okay. Okay. That was Rudy. That was Rudy. Ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it looks like, and, our, uh, which next like guest, our, our next guest is on with us. So, what I'm going so to what do I'm going to is, uh, is uh, uh, punch it, up, punch right it now. up right now. And I'm going to introduce her. And we're going to have fun with this one. I don't know what that echo I is. I don't know what that echo we'll is. We'll have to go through it. But, ladies and gentlemen, but, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen,
3: out of the yes, green of the
2: walking green down the wild. aisle, he is the he hottest is new, the model, hottest in the new model in the history of bad, diesel, of bad magazine. diesel magazine. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the lovely, you, the love the vivacious, the vivacious Jenny, Jenny, Annie, Annie.
0: Hey, this is Jenny hey, this Ann. Is You're Jenny listening Ann. to the Addiction Era, Era Live. Era Era I
6: I the icon the swing and Danny Hulker. Hey, Jenny, how are hey. you? Jenny, how are you? I'm doing
0: great.
3: How I'm about
6: you guys? I'm doing great. How about you guys? I'm good. Uh,
2: we, got good. Uh, of, uh, we got a little bit, uh, bit uh, of an uh, echo here. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. How do I fix How do I fix that? So we have uh, Jenny So we have 30 minutes here with uh, Jenny. Uh, so uh, uh, we're
0: going so uh, right
2: to get, get right through this. Uh, so, uh, you, um, so you um, opposed, an believe, the November issue of Bad News of is amazing, amazing, is that correct? Yes, I
6: did. Yes, That's I right. did. That's
2: right. So now –
0: when, no, you, um, when you when
2: um, you found out that you were going to be, in, magazine, going did they, to be uh, in the magazine, did they call did they, you, they call or did you, you have to, or uh, have to audition, audition, or audition, did you send in pictures, send or how
0: pictures did, you get, or or how did you get hooked up
6: with magazine? Well, actually, well, I entered actually, a contest. I entered a contest. Um, I belonged to some, um, I belong private, to groups some, groups some private groups online, and they were looking for. Um, Models from that group For a, a group issue For issue January, January. Actually December January Actually December January And, uh, I, was part and uh, I, I was part of a collage win, so I didn't but win But it was just, fun to, it was just, just it. fun to be a part of it And then I met, and um, then I met um, the, guy the guy that runs the magazine, runs the magazine And, uh, his, and uh, wife, they, his wife He called they, me and said that they were, me and they were interested In meeting, in 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 meeting me if I would want to So I was like sure And I met them, and um, they thought I was a lot younger. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, and uh, met and talked with them and, and, talk with talked, them about and talked about their magazine and, you know, and, know promoting you know, events promoting and whatnot, event and, and things whatnot, are, kind, and are, up and up things are kind of up, up with in the air, being the coronavirus. But we thought we'd give it a try, and um, a spot opened up for the magazine all of a sudden, and uh, boom, I was in the November issue, which I was really excited about. <laughs>
2: Now, for our fans that don't know, um, there's two different versions of the magazine. There's uh, the uh, version that uh, you'll see out on the magazine rack, and then you'll see the other version that is behind the the uh, the tilt, per se. So, now, when you uh, were picked to be in this magazine, uh, you know, did they – They let you know, well, uh, you're going to be nude. Uh, How did that uh, come about?
6: Well, I kind of had an idea anyways from the um, previous contest because I was asked to submit um, scantily clad and um, like a a nude or a topless. So I did that. And um, Bad Diesel is the one that's more of a, a PG version. And then uh, the other one is Unidize. That's more of an R-rated section, if you would. And
2: I'm going to let our friends know, uh, starting uh, right now, uh, until uh, the beginning of our show next week, uh, uh, if you go to our Off the Ropes page on Facebook uh, and you like our page, uh we are going to select a few uh people that like our page to win some autographs from uh Jenny Ann. Now, you know they I was always told never ask uh never ask a gal uh, how old uh they are. Uh but I'm just kind of I'm just kind of curious to be willing to reveal that because uh you definitely do not look your age at all in these
6: uh in these magazines. Well, thank you. Um I don't care. Um I just turned forty nine in october actually which
2: which is really awesome so now uh when you found out that you were uh picked uh you said there was uh there was how many uh that tried out and you got picked out of how many different uh, gals? well
6: there was uh there was quite a few um you know they're all gorgeous, but um like I said, I was part of the collage there was probably about Maybe like thirty some girls in the collage, and uh, there was a Miss December and a Miss January. It was a double issue
2: so uh, you know if I'm thinking of a collage, so it's like your your picture with twenty nine other gals uh, so right. what I, what, I, what I can picture is uh, the um, editor of the magazine with a magnifying glass, kind of like going over every single oh the gal I want right there and then he came to your picture, is that what he told you? Or did you just say, Uh, you're just so dang beautiful I couldn't pass you up, you know?
6: <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I would I'd like to go with that latter version rather than somebody looking at me under a, you know, magnifying glass or a microscope. <laughs> but um it's just it was very humbling and very cool that, you know, that he called me. I just I had no clue. I, I just thought, well, this will, this will be fun. Let's give this a try.
2: So when you found out that, that you were picked, how long after that uh, did the photo shoot happen?
6: Fo- not photo shoot, photo shoot happened? Um, I knew in, um, I want to say probably September, that I would be, you know, in the collage in that upcoming issue. And uh, I met them in, in the beginning of um, – I want to say the beginning of uh, October, and we did the photo shoot actually in a park right down the street from my house.
2: Uh, we have uh, Jenny Ann as our guest here. We've got uh, 20 minutes here with Jenny. Uh, uh, I'm going to uh, bring uh, Granny on, and uh, uh, I'll introduce you to our co-host, and uh, Big Swing is listening. Uh, he can chime in.
4: Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest? Uh, this is Jenny Ann. we got 20 minutes. Go ahead. Well, you're handling this interview quite well, icon, so I'm just gonna let you continue. I'm just really enjoying listening to the interview. It's awesome to have her on tonight with us by the way Well, thanks well, okay. well,
2: I guess Jenny, I guess I get to uh i guess I guess monopolize your time, I guess <laughs> that's so not so tell so now uh did you uh did you get to uh pick where your photo shoot was? Or did you suggest, or do they say, well, you know, I... uh, Well, they had asked me,
6: actually. They asked me. They said, uh, you know, is is there a park or something near your area? Because um, it's about an hour and a half from um, my house to their house. So um, we met at the restaurant that we had met at originally, um, the photographer and him and me. And uh, I, p- I put in a park that's not very far from my house in my GPS, and I had them follow me. But believe it or not, um, I drive like a granny, and uh, I lost them, so I had to wait for them. But uh, we found it, and it was it was kind of crowded, but not too crowded, but it was hotter than heck that day. I swear, it was like 99 in the shade, and I was dripping wet with sweat. <laughs> It was fun, though, but uh, we had to, so like, you being, know, keep, people look out.
2: <laughs> so so being nude that day wasn't a big problem because it was a hot day.
6: Exactly.
2: Uh, kind of like that old song says, uh, uh, watching the sun bake all those tourists covered in oil, you know, something like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So now you mentioned that uh you know you had them follow you to this location and you lost them uh and uh you were like waiting to think oh oh shoot I just lost the the editor of the magazine it, wh- now what is is he just going to turn around and leave now because I or uh any um any uh flashback on that
6: uh, no, well, I wasn't real concerned because I did have his phone number, you know, and and I called him and I kind of directed him in and then I I waited at the entrance to the park so that I wasn't like in there going, okay, now where is he? So it worked out okay. And how long
2: did the photo shoot go? Oh, I keep saying shoot. See, I I lost nine teeth before uh COVID, so I kind of um, I kind I of got a little bit list because I have no upper teeth, but. Uh, how long was the photo shoot?
6: Um, it's probably about like an hour and a half or so, maybe a little less. We had a couple of different locations that we did in the in the park, like we were on the boardwalk. Um, I was in a tree, you know, we were on a path. Um, so it's so it was just you, the
2: editor, the photographer, or. Uh yeah. was it like a light
6: crew and uh Oh no no it, was, it wasn't anything that exotic. <laughs> it was a couple of good cameras and uh just the uh the photographer and the editor of the magazine and myself.
2: When you when you decided to pick this location near your place did you think, well, you know, I know this great place in Cabo San Lucas, you could fly me to? <laughs> no,
6: um actually I I just it was very impromptu because I didn't know what we were going to do. And, um, my place is kind of small and I didn't want to just be like, well, you know, Hey, do you want to do it in my, you know, where I live? So plus I'm a little bit of an exhibitionist. So it's kind of fun being in the park. Now, um,
2: uh, we have a uh, Jenny Ann as our guest here. We got uh, 16 minutes here with Jenny. So now when you, um, When you're doing the uh, photo shoot, did they they have to close out the park so, like, tourists couldn't come by and check you out, stuff like that? Or was it just, like, let it buck?
6: Well, we were just kind of like – we were being mindful because, you know, sometimes there were, you know, people on the path with, you know, with their kids and stuff because it was a gorgeous day outside. So so long as there was nobody around, you know, and then, like, the one guy – the editor, he would go down a little bit, you know, and kind of, like, you know, tell people, can you hang on for a few minutes, you know, and they'd give me and the photographer a few minutes to to do a shot or three and then, you know, move on. So did you have any uh, worries
2: about uh, passersby by or, uh, like, someone might, like, sneak up or, like, someone might be on, like, the hilltop? The no, the only thing I was worried, worried about,
6: about is that I didn't want anybody to call the cops, that's all.
2: <laughs>
6: well, no. why would they call I didn't them? have I didn't have a problem with it.
2: Well, you know, and, I, and I'm not just saying this, but, you know, I, I've seen the layout. I've seen how beautiful you are. And we are friends, I hope. Uh, yes. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. uh, yeah. I, I know that you finally said you, you would drop the string or if I stopped calling you two in the morning, which I appreciate. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, like w- did you worry about that at all like there might be like people like um uh, like on like a hill like taking pictures of you doing your thing or uh did they like secure off the area
6: no 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 worries and uh no security <laughs> it was just it was casual <laughs>
2: So now, do you have uh, do you have plans on uh, doing any other photo shoots or being any other magazines or returning to Bad Diesel magazine?
6: I would love to do another Bad Diesel, but um, you know I have to see how see how I was received and uh, you know wait another turn. But yeah, absolutely, I love my bad, my Bad Diesel family.
2: Well, you know I I, I know one thing uh, when I found out that uh, you were going to be on, I know that I went and bought every copy that was available. <laughs> Cool.
0: <laughs>
2: Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so you you, uh, you uh, found out that you were going to be in the magazine, you said, in August, right? And uh, the photo shoot was in September, and the magazine came out in November? Right. Well,
6: the photo shoot was in October, like the first week of October. And then
2: it, the magazine came out a month later.
6: Yeah, that's correct.
2: So basically, uh you knew that you were gonna be Miss November. Um I was
6: stoked about now, that by the way.
2: <laughs> well to well, you know, like that song says, I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. Well we do hear it, the attitude are live. We do love you. Um, we have uh, Jenny Ann here we have thirteen minutes. So, um now have they uh have they uh let you know how the sales went? Um or do you not know that?
6: No, i uh, I really I really don't know. Um I sold some myself to, you know, some some fans online and I gave a couple as some, you know, birthday presents. Very well received and appreciated. Well, I wish
2: I was on your birthday list. <laughs> anyway, uh, which comes out the, which comes up to 27th of January by the way. Wink wink. Nod nod. Uh hello hello <laughs> Um, so now, uh, did you, uh, did you always want to be a model or was this just like a one-time thing or do you plan on uh, doing more?
6: Um, well, I've got a lot of volunteers to be my photographer, of course, but, um, yeah, I've always, I've always dug pinups like Betty Page is my idol and I love Marilyn. And, um, I guess I'm kind of like trying to vicariously, create the next generation uh pin-up if you will
2: well you know and um i guess the term is uh would say milk does the body good and you're a shining example of that we know that <laughs> thank so, you <laughs> so with um with uh, the magazine that you were in now do they uh do they send you like uh, like a box of copies, or do you have to buy them yourself, or do they say um, uh, here you go, um, here's the callback issues? Uh, how does that how does that work, or is that not a
6: thing? Uh, well, he gave me a handful, and um, I actually contacted him and 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 got more, and he was like, well, did you want me to mail them to you, or do you want to come pick them up? And that was kind of fun. I wound up going to pick them up and he asked me to um bring a, a bikini with me because he needed to do a cover and it was for the it was for the same magazine it was for my issue of november but what we did was uh we made a, a special edition that there were only four copies made and um we made it a big magazine like the unidize magazine and he colorized the photos in that one but on the front instead of being um the cover that it was, it's a picture of me in an American flag bikini posing uh, with a really cool Ram 1500 that's decorated with the USA and the American flag and stuff, and I'm out in front of a, a lake at the park. Now, I, so I, was, I'm just kind of curious. That was kind of <laughs> neat. I'm just kind of curious.
2: Now, uh, when uh, he asked you to bring the bikini, uh, did you know that he was going to take more pictures? Uh, and you say, Sure. I'll post for a picture, but you got to let me drive that car.
6: <laughs> well, actually, he had he had asked before, you know, beforehand, if I could do that, if I could bring the bikini. He told me about his brothers uh, entering his truck in this in this car show, and that they had wanted to do that if I wouldn't mind doing it. And I said, oh, I don't mind. I think that would be fun. That's awesome. So
2: uh, we had to uh, lunch. Made sure
6: my tank was full. It was great. <laughs>
2: So if uh if you were to appear in any magazines uh in the future is there any like magazine that you'd really want to appear in um that would like like would like make uh make your career
6: Well oh my god, Playboy. <laughs> but that well, wouldn't you know happen. The
2: thing is, is 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 Playboy still in business? I mean, I know that uh I know like the last year I subscribed, and, yes, uh, I'll admit mean, I just subscribed, uh, this is when they decided to go away from the uh, basically the nudity. Uh, they turned it kind of like more of a Maxwell, a Maxwell magazine. Now, oh. uh, you know, I could see well, – I'm I out of the list. In, well, yeah, I mean, I could see in Playboy, but I'll tell you what would be really cool if like, if you could be in, like, something like Maxwell magazine or Easy Rider, now that would be really cool to see you on the back of a Harley. Um, just
0: oh, I driving love to be on the no.
2: yeah. Just driving up and down, just flashing people
6: that would be fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, Jenny
2: is our guest here. We have about uh, nine minutes here left with Jenny. So, with all this, uh, with all this uh, cool stuff going on, um, and after you were in the magazine, uh, did you, um, did you uh, get a lot of calls from uh, uh, old high school friends or uh, people you haven't heard from, relatives that wanted it alone, stuff like that?
6: <laughs> no, actually, uh, not too many people uh, know about it, but um, funny but true story, um, the the PG version, I did send one of those to my dad with his Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> really? I did.
4: Uh, I did. And, what and, was, and I what, autographed uh, it. I'm just kinda
2: curious, what was uh did did he call you and say, "What the is this?" or No, say, no.
6: I, I I told him that I that I had a photo shoot and stuff and and he was actually very excited for me. So so you know, I told him that I would send him a magazine. And then I got the magazines and I didn't send it, you know, right away. And then when I talked to him, he was like, uh hey, are you going to send me that magazine? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I will, Daddy, no problem. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I uh, sent it to him, and and I said, I really hope that you're proud of me because I'm proud of my magazine, and he thought that it was great. He's like, I've seen you in shorts and a tank top. Don't worry about it. So, I, you know, I didn't tell him about the, the other magazine, but, you know, Oh, I said, you oh, didn't oh, tell you.
2: about the nudity part, okay. That, that was right, kind of awkward, right.
6: You know. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, you know. But the PG no, was but, cool.
2: Well yeah, but let me ask you this. Um say that um you know like someone uh, that knew you like uh, in your old neighborhood that's like knows your parents say, "Hey, did you know your daughter was nude in this magazine?" And uh one, oh, two part question. One, what would they say or what and then two
6: would you say? "No, she
3: wasn't. I got the magazine right here. She's just in a bikini." <laughs>
6: Well, I wouldn't have to worry about anybody from my old neighborhood because my dad lives like way away from where we grew up, so that's all fine and well. But uh, that would be comical. (laughs) I mean, you know, like, like it's like would be
2: really cool though. It's like, um, you know, if uh, someone, um, well, let me uh, let me ask you this. And this, we have Ginny Ann here. We got about five minutes. Uh, Now, let me ask you this. you know, with, uh, the popularity of the magazine, um, uh, has, uh, anybody came up to you and say, Hey, uh, I, I saw you in this magazine or, uh, um, has, has that happened or like someone like, like, like if you're in a restaurant,
6: someone might recognize you and ask you if that was you or has that happened? No, it hasn't. But, um. I do get recognition. I don't, and I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it's because, you know, I was their bank teller or something in a past life or. But, you know, I, that, I think
2: that'd be really cool. It's like, it, you know, and, uh, people accuse me of having the ego and I know you don't have an ego because you're, you're friends with me, but, uh, <laughs> now, um, you know, and I, I'm sure you were, you're popular in high school and everything, but, uh, would would ever is there any like like one person in high school that that uh you know you'd like to send a copy to find them send a copy things just say hey look I made it and you didn't
6: no cuz I'm I mean not to say that I made it and you didn't because I'm not that kind of person um but I mean as far as sending it to somebody um yeah, I'm sure there's a couple few, probably some on the football team that didn't pay any attention to me back in high school.
2: And say, hey, man, you, you could you could have got all this. And Look, you you're missing out. Go, <laughs> yeah, you decided to go with that I mean, when I was in high school, I wanted to date a cheerleader, right? And I'll give this story real quick because this is your time. But when I, was, when I was in high school, I wanted to date a cheerleader, but they didn't like guys like me. I mean, they they always dated the jocks. I mean, for me, the girls in the chess club and Spanish club were fine, you know. I didn't mind dating them, but I wanted a cheerleader, you know. So, but now I have friends with cheerleaders, such as yourself. Ra ra. Kenny Ann is our guest here. We got uh, three minutes, and I, I wish we had three more years, but. uh you know if uh you uh happen to uh uh do any other photo shoots or uh if uh, you're going to be in any more magazines would you uh uh keep in contact with us Cause we'd love to uh we'd love to be in uh, uh we'd love to have you on again to talk about that and uh, real quick here if our friends uh, wanted to uh uh check you out and see what you see what you look like uh, cuz you're beautiful do uh, you got a Facebook? You got an Instagram? You got a YouTube? You got a Twitter? You got a Twitch? You got a GoFundMe? What do you got?
6: Um actually I'm I'm only on Facebook. Um you can find me on Facebook. It's Jenny Ann J E N N Y A N N E.
2: So uh, you don't have so no Instagram. No I, I don't have around. any
6: other platforms, honest to goodness but i do have um just shy of 2000 followers <laughs> well
2: hopefully uh hopefully we'll be able to raise that up even more because uh, our fans love you and our chat rooms going crazy right now but uh that's why we like that's have you so freaking together. cool we 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 love to uh, uh i mean i didn't have time to get to the fans questions but uh, we'll have you on again we can do part 2 and uh uh you know the other thing is real quick here uh, on Facebook, you also sometimes post in uh, uh, Deb's uh, Deb Gardner's uh, page group. Uh, she's uh, she's a major friend of the show. She's been on the show many times. Uh, That's as a matter awesome. of fact, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, she uh, she did some co-hosting with us, and uh, of course, uh, her and Granny Holster spent the uh, night beating up on me. But other than that, it was fun.
6: That was where they found me again for the for the contest. Deb's Deb's pages. She is absolutely awesome and uh, amazing. Like
2: great gal, and and um, you know, hopefully one day um, uh, she'll she'll invite me out and uh, let me take a vacation out there. And uh, heck, if I'm ever in Florida, I'll uh, come to see you. And uh, hopefully you won't do like my relatives do. Uh, and who are you? I don't know you. You know. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome Lock the well, well, door, lock what, the door. Uh, he's coming <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what they do too uh, So, uh, well, I'll tell you what, Jenny We want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us You have been so awesome And uh, we hope that we can uh, get, a, get to sell a few more copies <coughs> Get you a few more followers on Facebook And we would love to have you back again
6: I would love that too. Thank you so much, y'all. Have a wonderful Thanks, night. Jenny. Thanks, Thank Jenny. you, Have Granny. a great night. Thank you. Thank you so much, Big Swing. Y'all take care.
2: Jenny Ann, ladies and gentlemen, what a lovely gal she is. Uh. uh well, hey, Granny, you remember Deb, uh, Deb Gardner, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, she. Um. Uh. Oh. Uh, Looks like our next guest is uh, ready to go. So we're just going to go right in with this Uh, real quick here. Hold on a second. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. And what I mean by that is we have none other than – Nikita Reznikov.
7: You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with your hosts, the icon, the big thing, and Granny Hulkster. Oy
2: How are you, sir? Good to have you with us.
7: I tell you, I couldn't be more excited to be here.
2: So, uh, did you... Uh, did you uh or a couple of shots of vodka before you came on with us?
7: Don't need it. I'm always happy, always on top of the world. <laughs> you know why? Because you goofy Americans always screw the whole works up. <laughs> Look, your elections, you still can't f- figure anything out. All Russia has to do is sit back and wait. That's it.
2: Well, yeah, uh, basically what they say, we're putting with Putin. <laughs>
7: Well, he's Mr. M. Putin, that's for sure.
2: Well, uh, we have uh, we have Nikita Brezhnikov as our guest here, and uh, we have uh, 38 minutes with him. Uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we're going to ask you some questions. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight.
7: Okay, for me, nice and easy. The manager of the one and only, my brother, Nikolai Volkov, for about 25 years by his side. Guys... I, I'm the luckiest son of a bitch on the face of the earth because it was a chance meeting that I got to know him. And then, of course, I pester him to death to get into the business, which is not that easy. And so he let me in the door. He guided me. He molded me. And then I went to work with everybody from Bruno Martino Superfly, Snooker, Bundy, everybody on down the line. So many names. Unbelievable. So I got to learn from the very best. And I have not given up. I'm still active. I'm still doing it. I put out a book called When It Was Real, which is about us. Not me. It's about us, the passionate wrestling fans of the 1970s, of the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, when – we actually believed it was real. No matter what our goofy parents said or anybody else that was constipated, of the piss on little kids and say, no Santa Claus. You want to you tell us about wrestling? We don't want to hear it. We already know about wrestling. Let us watch it. We loved it. So that's it. That's where we are today, guys.
2: Uh, Nikita Bresnikov is our guest here, and we have um, 38 minutes here with, uh, with the man himself, the legend. So I'm gonna ask you a few questions and we'll kinda of go uh we'll kinda of go around the round table here. Uh hopefully uh, Big Swing will be able to chime in on this interview. Uh don't know yet, but we'll see. So now um uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, you were the manager for uh, Nikolai Volkov, and uh um when you uh first met him, how did you guys uh gravitate towards each other?
7: Well At the time, I was working for the Baltimore Police Department, which I had retired from back in 2006 after 27 years. At that time, it was 1995, and I was a big tape collector, not DVD, tapes. It was VHS tapes in those days. So my collection was not great at the time, which it is now. So I thought, wow, I see this cardboard advertisement, which would become a staple of my life advertising a local show so I was like wow I'm working day work I'm going to go over there maybe I can talk to Nikolai see if maybe he can you know give me a line on getting some tapes so I go over uh, and I'm waiting he comes in so he does the routine set up the table for the to the gimmicks before the show so uh, you know we get to talking and then from that we become good friends because Nikolai said, oh, I I do not have nothing. I I would love to have uh, tape. I paid for it. I said, you ain't going to pay me nothing. I owe this to you because you gave us so much over the years. So I I made him a pretty nice little compilation of his career. And then uh, we just, look, anybody in this business that knew Nikolai Volkov, (laughs) when you met him, you were his friend. That was it. That's just the way the guy was. So for me, I was able to drill in deeper than most. So of course we became closer than most. And it was, he was an easy man to love. Put it that way. He he would give, definitely give you the shirt off his back. And he actually did it with many people over the years outside of wrestling as well as wrestling.
2: And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we lost, uh, we lost Nikolai, you know, on July 28th, 2018, uh, two years ago now. And, uh, Uh, Were you, um, uh, you know, you mentioned you were with Nikolai Nikolai his whole uh, career. Uh, Were you with him when he went back uh, to the WWE when he was in the Million Dollar Corporation, when they were calling him Nickel and Dime? Were you with him at that time?
7: Yeah, no, I wasn't with him his entire career because when he arrived in 1970, I was only like uh, 12 years old, and he was only 19. And that was a fact that not a lot of people knew, and me, as a fan, were watching as when he was part of the Mongols, and here comes these two monsters, which, by the way, they turned the WWWF around because in those days, uh, even as great as Bruno and Ivan Koloff were together, they were only drawing about half a house in Madison Square Garden. Okay, And then when the Mongols hit... That was the turnaround. Everything just started to climb from that point. I'm not going to say you can just give them the credit because I'm not anybody that believes one person ever sold out any building. Took, <clears throat> I went to see Johnny Rods, Joe Turco, everything and everybody. But that was a turning point but that's when I actually started to hook up with Nikolai when he was doing that uh, nickel and dime gimmick, which by the way, he hated, he hated having the hair and all the other stuff, but you know what? He was a pro. So if they told him to wear a dress, uh, he would pick out the one they selected. You know, it's just what you do when you're a pro you do what you're told.
2: Uh, Uh, Nikita Bresnikov is our guest here. We have, uh, 33 minutes here with, uh, the legend. Uh, Before uh, uh, I ask you some more questions, we're going to bring Granny on here. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. I know you have some great questions for the Living Legend. Go ahead.
4: Well, it's a true honor to have you on our show tonight, sir. It really is because I, too, am a huge wrestling fan. I mean, I have loved wrestling as long as I can remember. And the gimmick name I have, Granny Hulkster, was given to me because I love wrestling so much. And And I I really liked the way you were talking about the fans, you know, back in the day because my husband and I last year had the opportunity to get to meet Ron Simmons and Tony Atlas at an autograph signing. And I got a compliment from Ron Simmons that I still hold very near and dear to my heart, even today. He said to me, he says, Granny, he says, you are that true fan that we loved so much back in the day that we don't see anymore. And I remember going to an independent wrestling show one time and there was a little boy there and he was holding a poster and it says, wrestling is real. People are fake. What's your opinion I love about it. that? What's your opinion I'll about that? i tell you that?
7: what, granny, I think that's an excellent statement because you know, why would you want to bother somebody that's happy? You know, we were in our own world. We didn't hurt anybody. You know, maybe we were a little bit off the wall because we like watching people beat each other's brains out and we got all excited and hyperventilated when we saw blood. But so what? It was a great catharsis. And mm-hmm. I know personally, not just myself, but uh, many other friends and acquaintances that pro wrestling helped model and shape because we wanted to be like them, at least the, all the faces. We, we hated to heal the guts. But that was a good model for kids to follow, and you know, was always good versus evil. I don't know what the heck they do today because I don't watch the nonsense. But, and and I I mean all vers—I mean it with all the respect to those that climb through the ropes because they take their life into their hands every night, and we can never forget Draz. We can never forget everybody else that's been injured, Owen Hart that died, and people like that.
0: Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm.
7: unfortunately, guys and gals, what you do today, it's like a sideshow freak show. I'm sorry to say it, but it's just ridiculous. But I say that because of what I grew up on and watched. And I'm not comparing me. I'm comparing Bruno, Chief, Waldo, Von Erich, Spiro, Dorian, mm-hmm. George Steele. Mm-hmm. See, like,
5: you know, you read,
7: read about George Steele. And uh, his life, and he said, you know, uh, the character they made me into after Hogan, the cartoon, you know, he said it was great for my retirement, but it killed George the Animal Steel because mm-hmm. I can tell you from personal experience when he would look in our directions, we'd climb over each other's back to get the hell out of the way because here comes that maniac. <laughs> run. Run for <laughs> your life. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't have to say anything, he just looked and you would run. He did. He looked was crazy. <laughs>
4: oh my, yeah. yeah. And then the, just the list of names that you mentioned, and I mean, the list could go on and on and on, I'm sure, you know, all those years that you got to work with Nikolai. I mean, he was absolutely amazing, you know. I tell you, I I love going to, um, I've been to one WWE show in my life. I mean, and that was about probably four or five years ago, my family, my husband and my son and I got to go to Tulsa for a WWE show, and I But I, I like the independent shows, you know, because I get to interact with the wrestlers, you know, and I've met some big-time names myself over the years. I mean, the Rock and Roll Express, I mean, Matt Hardy, Tommy Dreamer, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I love Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I mean, he's absolutely amazing. Yes. I got Good to man. meet his wife one time and one of his daughters at a wrestling show up in Kansas City, and it was like two days before my birthday. It was in 2016. And I was talking to Deborah, and I said, you know, I said, it's just been an honor and a pleasure to get to meet you. She says, Granny, she says, the honor and pleasure is mine because she says, I feel like I I know you because every time Jim comes home from a show that he's been at, that, that he's worked, that you've been at, all he talks about is Granny because I love giving the heels grief. I mean, I can talk some pretty good snack to the heels when I have to, and I love it. I mean, I just – I love – that's why when Ron Simmons said that to me, I was just like, wow. I mean, that's just – that's such an honor. And um, last year, Ricky and Robert were in um, a little town in Arkansas called Alma, Arkansas, and they were doing an autograph signing to help raise money for – Dogs for, you know, veterans, you know, service dogs, you oh, know, for veterans. beautiful. And, yes, um, wonderful. and of course this was like, you know, after, obviously after Ricky and Robert was inducted into the hall of fame, you know, and, um, okay. Robert actually put his WWE Hall of Fame ring on my finger for the picture and I was like, I didn't even ask if I could wear that. He just put it on my finger and I'm like, Wow I yes, I was marking out. I'll admit it, I was marking out because I was like, Wow, this is just a a true honor and um I remember getting to no meet thing. AJ Styles I get I remember getting to meet AJ Styles one time at a NWA show in Benton, Arkansas and for NWA Summer Class, And after the show, we got our picture with him. He says, Granny, don't you want to go watch the fireworks? I said, AJ, really? I said, this is the only time I am ever going to probably get to ever meet you. And this is the only time I'm probably ever going to get my picture with you. So, no, I'm not going to go watch the fireworks. <laughs> Thank you very much. There you go. <laughs>
7: there you go. But, but you see how wonderful they were because not acting like I'm it and you're nothing – Making Mm -hmm. people happy. I I always, Mm -hmm. I've never met anybody in the business that acted like a big ass. Excuse me. They Mm. were always just, just what you were describing. Now, like Nikolai, what I saw him do, he became an inspector for Baltimore County. Uh, Not so much classified as housing inspector, but it came down to uh, he would inspect for you know neighbors always complaining that grass and high weeds and stuff like that. So that was his job to go out. So one time he tells me, he said, oh, this poor old lady, she's in her 80s. They say, uh, you'll have high grass. And she said, sir, I cannot cut it. I have nobody. I, I can't push the lawnmower. Yeah, I could not give her no bullshit, $500 citation. I go and cut the grass. And he did it. And that's the kind of guy he was. And that was nothing to do with his celebrity or the woman bought a picture or anything like that she didn't know from wrestling but he did it because he was a great guy and that's just everybody in the business you know i don't know yeah. about today i don't i hope that they're not uh big headed or anything like that because i tell you uh, there is a lot more exposure today I'll, I'll give them that they really do touch everything globally of course I don't think it means as much as it did to us in our little circle that we had of adoration for them, but they are recognized on a wider, larger stage today, without a doubt.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just, an, like I said, it's just an honor to have you on our show tonight. Well, thank to you I for you that. And, and because, there, like those I said, words, I, I, I just, like I said, I love. I mean, I love this sport. I, I. I love being able to go to the shows. I love being able to like I said, I've met like I said so many big names. I mean, I could just and I just named a few of people that I've met over the years, but I've met so many big-time names. I remember Trevor Murdoch. Um my my friend does a a show over in Oklahoma for kids that have childhood cancer. And Trevor Murdoch, oh. he was doing he was doing a seminar for Tim And I always brought merchandise, um, you know, picked up shirts for Tim, so we would always come early, and they would always let us in the building early. So my husband and I, we actually had the opportunity to get to watch this seminar, you know, which on the average, a normal fan would not get to see anything like that, you know.
7: Right. And right.
4: he was telling he was telling the guys, you know, how to work the crowd. He says, And then you have that God fearing loving woman over there, Granny Holkster and and everything and, and he says, And then you have the smart mark and he's kinda of pointing at me and I, and I said, Trevor, I don't know everything and he says, Darling, you know more than most and I thought the promoter was gonna fall off the ring rope laughing because it was so funny. And then Trevor got to do another seminar, and he was telling the guys how to work their crowd. He said, "Go to Granny, use her as your goal, make her mad, piss her off." And I'm like, "Oh, gee, thanks, Trevor. As if they give me enough grief as it is. Anyway, <laughs> you're telling him to come over here and piss me off and make me mad." <laughs> but I love him. Well, what I mean, a I love, I love Trevor. He's absolutely amazing. So. That's great. Uh, what Nikita
2: Brejikov is our guest here we have um well we have about uh, twenty three here uh minutes with uh, Nikita. so uh i'm gonna ask you a few uh questions here uh you know you've uh you've uh, been in a few uh, different movies that uh and uh, i'm not just saying this because you're on but i've uh, seen all of them i've seen oh, Brush with you. danger i've oh. seen uh brush with danger i've seen the wrestler. And, uh, I've also have, uh, seen the heroes of wrestling. I've, I've seen all three of them. Uh, and you know, I thought that, uh, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't ca that they didn't cast you, uh, as a great Russian villain in some other great movies, uh, like something like opposite Chuck Norris or, uh, uh, you know, opposite Sylvester Stallone or like, uh, in the expendable, something like that. Uh, uh, how,
7: how about Hollywood, you, uh... Hollywood? Hollywood is a weird world, guys. I'm telling you, it uh, it parallels wrestling to a degree, but yet it goes off in its own wild ride. And you know, I, there were there's a lot more that are on the list. And a few times I was doing the Russian angle, without a doubt, the Russian gimmick. But you know, to to go on a large scale, to actually I would say, exploit what's going on between Russia and the United States. You would think somebody would have enough brains to say, hey, there's some cash in this. But I've talked to directors. I've worked. Some are very good friends. They have good – like in Brush With Danger, Olivia Chung, even though it looks – it's spelled Z-H-E-N-G. It's pronounced Chung. She's a visionary. She's good. Now, see, Olivia was smart. She took my police experience. And said, you know, I'm going to make you the detective in this story. And that actually was going to be a short. And then she just kept getting the funding. And she kept calling me and she'd say, Nikki, I got more money. Nikki, I got more money. And it's like, well, hell, we got a feature. You know, let's blow this thing up and, and really do it big time, which it was. And. I'm very happy and proud to say we were in the running for an Oscar that year. We were the top 300 movies. It sounds like, oh, yeah, old they do. It's like, yeah, you know, there's like 5,000 movies a year that get put out. And you're in the top 300 because when she called me and told me because I was uh, just getting back from D.C. because we premiered all over the country with it. And that's its own legwork to try to get your product seen. That's the things you don't get credit for or get paid for. But it's like. She calls me and she said, Nikki, Nikki, we're top 300 movies. I'm like, yeah, big deal. What, what does that mean? And then she told me, and it's like, wow, that's great. You know, that, that's, again, you're not going to become millionaire. Nobody really does unless you're super duper big name. They're the only people that see the big checks. Because look, uh, out here, I'm in Washington State, and they filmed uh, Northern Exposure. And there's people that worked on that weekly. But they were not big stars, but there's many that say, you know, I'm never going to see a dime of retirement money from the Screen Actors Guild. It, it just didn't click on that level. It, even though you put the hours in, your pay scale is just not there. Believe me, it, it's got to be another form of passion. If you don't have it, you can't survive in it because those are long days. Sometimes the gratification's not there. Uh, the paychecks aren't always, as I just said, fantastic, but you do it because you love it. You've you got to be somebody that's an egomaniac. you got to like to be seen for both wrestling and acting because if you can't get out there and pretend to be somebody that you're not, and in some cases in wrestling, like a Bruno, that, that was him. He didn't have to do anything. He was just, just sincere. He was a Superman, legitimate, uh, probably – the strongest guy in the world, next to Andre, of course, how are you going to compete with the Giants? But for people to go out there, see, like Nikolai is a great example. He hated communism. He came from Croatia, and they took his – the Russians took his farm, the the family farm when he was a kid, and uh, kicked them into poverty. And he's like, I hate the bastards. I don't want to be like that. And then Freddie Blassie talked him into it and said, Nikolai, here's a great opportunity to show people – what they were like, you can paint the picture, plus you make a good payday out of it. You goof, go do it. So he listened to the great legends, Fred Blassie, and they go out in front of screen. Now, especially in those days, the heels, my God. And I know, because I told many of them, like Greg Valentine, when he broke Chief J. Strongboos' leg, I said, Greg, I threw bolts at you, uh, everything. We, we tried to smash your car up. We hated your guts. And he said, I believe during his his induction into the hall of fame that it was the greatest thing that ever happened to his career and the worst because he fought for his life every night in and out of the arenas. But I've said this to a lot of people recently and over the years, you can't make somebody love you or hate you or your character. If the interest and the passion's not there, I don't care how much money Vince McMahon has, how many networks he has, what a bullshit he comes up with. You ain't going to make people care they either do or they don't and when they do you better take that and manipulate it and keep working it otherwise when it's dead that's it there's nothing left but the ashes so today for what you know people keep asking the question i see all these things all this promotion is going to be like old school that one's going to be like you can't you can't go back the genie's out of the bottle everybody knows it's kind of like you you see people they want to imitate Mick Foley. The guy jumped off of that cage. That's it. Now if you do it and then Shane McMahon jumped off a little bit higher, it's like big deal. Foley already did it. It's done. It's already been accomplished. What, what's next? You're going to step in front of a train and show you that you're a real nut nutcase, a maniac? It doesn't prove anything. The ones that were artists were the people that would go out there and do next to nothing – but yet have the crowd on the edge of their seat and, and basically pull your hair out because you couldn't wait to see what the heck happened next. Yeah, I see a lot of physical, and I say pain. I, my God, uh, I've watched women. I take my hat off to the girls today. It's like I don't think I could do it. The the watch the bumps they take, it's like, man – You're not going to be doing this too long, I can tell you that much, because if you were working every night, like in the old days on the road, you wouldn't be doing this because you ain't going to get out of the bed tomorrow morning, and you probably ain't going to be able to do this for another week, but passion again, because you know who the heck's making big money today, unless you're AEW or WWE, not too many people are really making the big payday. Somebody a good friend of mine, I won't mention his name, but he quoted something recently. He said, I told a promoter who was uh, asking of, of the talent certain things, and he said, look, you're not paying their mortgage, okay? So you can—you got to know when to pull the plug on things, and you got to know how to temper it and not just go full blast like a runaway freight train. You, you know, people, yeah, they want to be there. Yeah, they want to do it. But – there does come a point where you say, hey, my body is just not worth what you want me to do. So you got to use your brains because i tell you what, the body is unforgiving without a doubt. And when you get to be in the six O's in the 5.0s, especially in the seven O's, boy, it taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, goof, remember when you did this nonsense back when you were 20s and 30s? Well, ha-ha, I'm back to haunt you, and you live it every day.
2: Uh, Nikita Bresnikov is our guest here. we got uh, 15 minutes here. Uh, now, uh, I want to kind of circle around back to the book. And, by the way, you also uh, had a, a little a part in one of my all-time favorite uh, uh, TV series, Highlander. Uh, I loved you in that. But I want to kind Thank of circle you. back. You mentioned you uh, mentioned uh, that uh, you have a book out, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, and then uh, I don't know if you're able to do this or not, but uh, hopefully you might be able to uh, send us a few autographs for giveaways. But uh, uh, tell us uh, uh, when you started writing the book, uh, what got you inspired to write the book, uh, and uh, uh, what it's about. Uh, give us the skinny on your book.
7: Well, my friend, I'll tell you this. The, that was a 10-year project, and the reason it was 10 years when I retired from the police department in 2006, I always had that idea in my head because I used to call it true fiction pro wrestling, okay? Kind of a goofy name, goofy play on words, but to me, it's true fiction, and I always knew because wherever I went, well, I, I prostate cancer survivor, and I always like to put that message out there to the men, get tested, please, get the blood test, you don't have to worry about that. Nightmare that is done to you, the doctor's office, that's actually too late. You want to get the blood test. So if, if I went to a doctor, a lawyer, wherever, police department, everybody had a wrestling story as a fan, they, how much they loved it. And it's like, you know, man, wrestling has touched so many people. It's unbelievable. But the stories that we would always exchange were realistic what, because we believed. And that's why, as I watched it erode over the years, I said, man, it's not like when it was real. And that stuck in my head. So then when I retired from the police department, my wife moved me from Baltimore. We came out here because now the sad thing for the ladies, her sister was uh, suffering with breast cancer, and God rest her soul, she didn't survive. So ladies, please get yourselves tested for that. That's your a problem. Ours is always the project. for the ladies. It's the breast cancer. There's all others, of course, but the, you know those are the two biggies. So, you know, I had some time, and I said, you know, I'm finally gonna put that book on paper. I'm gonna get it out of my head and heart and onto the paper. So it took me two years because my extensive, extensive tape collection, DVDs now, I reviewed, made sure I had facts straight. So that took two years. But then. It took six years to find somebody to get behind it. And I finally got Scott Teal, the wonderful, great, the master behind Crowbar Press. And please, everybody, anybody, go and check out crowbarpress.com. Scott's got over 300 books, I believe, on everybody. Ivan Kolov, I mean, you pick it, Ole Anderson, he's got names galore. And now the thing with Scott is he's the only guy that, next to Nikolai, that I would trust with my wallet, okay? That's the kind of integrity he has. So, the first time I uh, encountered Scott about it, he was like, oh, the Nikito, you know, we don't need another this day in history. I said, no, no, Scott, it's not about that. It's not like that. It's not, you can't go, like, and pick up and look at August twenty seventh, 1977. It's a narrative history, but it's not a history book. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm up to my ears right now, pages. Give me another call in about two or three months. I did. He was busy. Believe it or not, he was in Seattle with his family. They were on vacation. And I didn't get to hook up with him, but then as soon as he got back home, I did. And he said, I'll tell you what, you seem like a good guy. Uh, You know, I know about you and all that, but uh, send me some samples. Let me take a look at it. When he got it, he called me and said, Nikita, we've got to do this. He said, this is unlike anything I've seen. Plus, Scott was a southern guy, okay, so he wasn't all that versed in the East Coast. So he said, I'm really learning through this. I'd like to do the editing if you don't mind. And I'm like, well, gee, that's great. And he said, in any way, Nikita, the way you write, it sounds like a police report. This would not flow. I'm, I'm going to take this plate of spaghetti that you gave me, and I'm going to mold it, and I'm going to make it into something that's like an artist. You know, he he took all the paints, and then he got the canvas and put it together. I provided the paint and the canvas, and Scott put it up there. So two years
0: of editing
7: to get it narrowed down to what it is now, because I gave him well over 500 pages. And it's 286. But I'll tell you, guys, here's the kicker. When I got these little uh, cards that he sent, the advertisement cards, before I actually saw the finished product. And it says uh, 227 black and white images, and I'm like, oh, no, I only gave Scott like 30 pictures. Where did he get these images? I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to have no lawsuits, using people's shots and things like that. But what it was, it's newspaper clippings. The old way of advertisement from back in that time, just a little you know piece in the newspaper, like two, three inches, to me, the book is worth that in itself. It's not every card to talk about, but it's a multitude, especially like you know Madison Square Garden always gets the coverage in the spectrum in Philadelphia, but I was a Baltimore kid, so Baltimore had its own history. Moola won her belt there in Baltimore in nineteen fifty six on September eighteenth and then uh, Bruno lose the Superstar April 30, 1977. We had all these other things occur there. It's like Baltimore was rich in wrestling, and believe it or not, Capital Wrestling, their office was in Washington, D.C., not too far from Baltimore. So that was one of the reasons they chose Baltimore as the first site of the Hall of Fame all the way back in 1994, because they felt like, and it wasn't a big production like it is today, but it was, you know, it was good size, but it was quaint, and it was uh, a good idea, I believe. And I, I can't wait till they finally. I know the talk has been to make a brick and mortar building Hall of Fame, and I, I can't wait till they do that because I like to go back and visit and see, you know, memorabilia. I, I know you've got to take the good with the bad, but the new with the old. So it's like I want to be able to go back and, like, see ring jackets and things like that. But as far as my book, and thank you for mentioning it, when it was real, it it was it, my passion and my payback because I came as an abused child. My father was an alcoholic. He beat the hell out of me. He was just uh, terrible with the names, and I lived it every day. If you saw pictures of me as a teenager – You'd say, "Oh my God, what disease did you have?" Well, I had stress and I had child abuse. Both. Well, I couldn't eat. You sit across the table from the monster. It, there's no way you're gonna get food down. So, my catharsis was wrestling every week, and then every month, live. It was Christmas, and then when I got into their world, they were even better. They tr- they took me in. Nobody was like, "Hey." Go find out for yourself, kid, or, you know, if you get hurt, that's your problem. No, they opened their arms. Everybody was always wonderful. So the circle of friendship, ring of friendship like Cauliflower Alley always professes, hey, it's there. And I I can't say enough thank you to wrestling and the wrestlers over the years. So, excuse me, that book was my payback to them. Somebody it was described as a love song to the WWWF. And to me, yeah, I would have to go along and say that would be true because that's how I viewed it. It was just one of those things. Eat, sleep and wrestle that publication. They, they actually reviewed the book and that's what they called it. A love song to the WWWF.
2: Uh, Nikita Brinkinkoff is our guest here. We have, um, we have uh, six minutes left of regular time. Uh, I don't know if you uh, you can uh, hang with us a little past that. but Yes, uh, I can. Um,
7: there's no problem.
2: Because, uh, granted, I found out that uh, Big Swing is uh, uh, is having some internet issues, so we're just going to continue this until they kick us off. Uh, so, now, when you get the book back, uh, after, you know, you said you sent up 500 pages, they sent you back, like, 200 pages just as, a, as an estimate. I know that's not the exact number, but... Uh, and then when you got back the edited version of what they kept, did you like going, darn, they, they, they cut out the, the best stuff, or why did they cut this out, or this that uh, did, that, did no. that back and forth uh, no. happen?
7: No, and I'll tell you why, because we were in constant communication almost daily. Scott would uh, take a couple chapters, put something together, and he would send it off to me and say, okay, this is what I did. This is what I this is how I edited it, and kind of like a butcher, you know, I trimmed the fat, and I put it together, and it was like we never had a crossword. We always agreed. In fact, there were a few issues that Scott enlightened me on that I wasn't aware of, and one of them was Ken Patera. in 1978. Uh, I was always under the impression, at least the way the story was, that he was injured, and he failed to show for some main events with Backlund in Baltimore and uh, Washington, D.C., for a couple of them with Dusty Rhodes. And, you know, we thought, well, yeah, he must be hurt because then he did show up in Madison Square Garden for his shot with Backlund. But apparently, Viterra, uh he had heat with uh, Vince Sr. And he was appearing down in Charlotte because Scott Thiel was able to show me. He said, well, this night that he was supposed to be in Baltimore – on May 6, 1978, he was actually, I believe it was Charlotte, and, you know, he was performing. He wasn't injured. It's like, wow. I said, see, Scott, I didn't know that. So we never had any clashing of the heads or anything like that. It was always, yeah, I like what he, Scott knows, okay? He's fine. I thought I was the best fan in the biggest fan in the world. Actually, Vince McMahon is. But uh, Scott Thiel would probably be number two. He does uh, pretty good he he covers so many eras, so many territories. So no, we never had any problems in putting it together. And he's and when I saw the finished product, I must have read it five times. I said, no, this is perfect, man. Especially we had Nikolai write the foreword. Now you got to know Nikolai was not uh, a scholar, and he was not somebody that was great with the English language. So he, you know, he put his own little thing together and that, that meant a lot. Johnny Valiant had a lot to do with some facts in the book of how the Valiant brothers came to be, which was unknown to me. And there's actually a verification of those facts and, and, within the book because there's an advertisement where it all began in Pittsburgh all the way back in 1973 and it was like, wow, that's incredible, but uh, Johnny was also very instrumental with my acting career
0: I I had already
7: been established and got in it, but uh, as I got to know him more and become good friends with Johnny Valiant over the years, he was a great inspiration because there's a lot of times you feel like saying, that's it Uh, You know, I'm cashing in. I'm done with this nonsense. But he encouraged me because Johnny Valiant, believe it or not, he was a regular on The Sopranos, but he never got the credit. He never got uh, the big name recognition that he should have. And it's like, here's a guy sold out Madison Square Garden so many times. He was a big name. You'd think these idiots would have enough sense to to use that and promote him and push him, but they didn't. Because he told me a, a quick story. He was doing a scene with Al Pacino, and he was a cab driver, I believe, or a limo driver, and Pacino starts feeding him lines, and the director is right away screaming, no, no, cut, 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 and it's like, why? This is stupid. I wouldn't just sit here. I would talk to him, and then he would respond. But see, then that means they would have to pay him more because he spoke. Otherwise, he's just what you'd call a featured extra, and so he gets a lesser pay scale. So it's like it's always about the buck from the poor house to the White House. It's always about the almighty buck. So it's like, man, oh, man. See, people think movies, they wipe their bucks with $10 bills. My God, they they cry over nickel and dime worse than you and I, and I'm no rich guy. You know, 20 bucks to them means more than to me. And it's like, geez, this is unbelievable. But that's how they operate. You know, uh, uh, we have
2: uh, Mr. Bresnikoff here with us, and uh, – we have uh, five minutes left of regular time. We are going to go a little over. Uh, you know, uh, real quick here, you know, you mentioned Bob Backlund. Here's how small of a world it is. I'm up here in Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, Bob Backlund uh, was an All-American wrestler at North Dakota State University. Uh, he uh, was an All-American. Uh, he also played football for the North Dakota State Bison, the nine-time national championship bison. Uh uh, we would have went for number 10 this year, but because of COVID, uh, you know, uh, we got to wait for the spring, which kind of sucks. But uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, I know Bob Backlund real, real well. Um, he's uh, he's uh, in the uh, North Dakota State Hall of Fame. And uh, uh, so you've had, you've had some experience with Bob Backlund as well, then, huh?
7: Yes. And I'll tell you what, he was an inspiration. Uh, people, and I really get, po when I hear people say that, you know, Billy Graham should have got the belt or he shouldn't have lost the belt. He should have been turned face. It's like, look, what if, what if, what if who the hell knows if I knew I'd go play lottery tickets, I'd buy stocks that I know that we're going to perform. Well, you can't say that superstar was a great heel champion. Backlin, when, when they say he, they had to pad the card, that's stupid. They padded the card every month in the garden because that's their Black Friday. They make or break. It wasn't to help Bob Backlund. If you go back and look at the matches on YouTube, you watch the crowd pop. When he puts the figure four on Greg Valentine in the rematch of March 26, 1979, I think the roof flipped like three times before it landed back on the building. When he beats Pat Patterson in the cage match – on September 24th of 1979, the building erupts. There's just – no, Bob Backlund was loved by many, me especially, because I I understood who he was. He was about wrestling. And when you read his book, which I do, I own his book, and it, it's a very good piece for people in general, just your life. And like he said, when they approached me – in 1984, right after I dropped the belt and they wanted me to do this other gimmick and become a heel, he said, I can't do it. I have a sixth, My daughter's in sixth grade. I'm not going to do that. I can't put her through that. I run kids' wrestling tournaments. I can't do something like that in the daytime and nighttime, go back to them and, and be this clean-cut wrestling coach. He said, that's not going to work. He, he was a man of morals. He didn't sell out for the buck. So it's like you got to respect somebody for that. And, man, i tell you what, uh, legitimate, shoot, Iron Sheik is like that, too. He's a legitimate, tough guy. But i tell you, Scott, uh, with Bob Backlund, uh, I know the man is 70. There's no way you could get me to fight him for any amount of money. And he'd probably be nice to me, I know, but it's like, no, I wouldn't climb in anything, ring, whatever, with that guy because he'd take you apart easy.
2: Well, you know the uh you know, the only thing I didn't like about Bob Backlund and his
7: career, and like I say, I've known him for a long time,
2: but when uh when he had that heel run, uh, when he turned on Brett the Hitman Hart, uh it, it kinda of broke my heart to see because it's like that's not the Bob Backlund I wanna
7: see. You know? No I mean no. I, as it, much as I just told you I love the guy, I thought that was shit. I didn't like that at all. I don't like that Mr. Backlund thing for ten seconds. I hate it. But you know, hey, it, it helped him. It, you know, it put money in the bank, but that was years later, you know, and it's like, why not? Okay, things have changed. Your life has evolved into – your daughter is not in a position where it would put a burden on her. Fine, that makes sense, but I didn't care for it. It wasn't like Nikolai with the uh, uh, two cents thing. Bullshit. Please don't do that, you know. it. But, again, you're a pro. They tell you to do this. You do it because – That's the way it works. But the Bob Backlund I remember is the All-American boy, the champion. And as I say in the book, the day the music died was actually, of course, January 23rd when Sheik dropped the belt. But it was actually that night, December 26th, when he lost to the Sheik. And I tell you what, that was a shock. Nobody knew that. Nobody saw that coming. It was quiet. That was kept very quiet, even though I know things were usually kept quiet in those days, but that one was like, where the hell did that come from? And then, of course, you started to be awakened when you started to see what was coming. Then it was, oh, okay, let's see, it's going to be Hogan now, right? Okay, well, whatever. But, yeah, Backlund, I, I would say he was the best scientific champion they ever had. Bruno, of course. Bruno would do the arm bar and arm track and things like that, but his finisher was a backbreaker or a bear hug, but he wasn't as scientific as Bob Backlund was. Bruno was a great brawler, which was a better brawler than Backlund. But, you know, everybody brings their own thing to the table. So who was the greatest champion? you got to say Bruno. You have to be crazy not to. And I know that Backlund has said many times, I'm not Bruno, and – uh, you know, I'm who I am and it's like, yeah, that's a good way to look at it, that's a good way to feel about it. And again, like Stan Stasiak, the other heel champion, besides Superstar and Iron Cheek, and okay, it was a nine day run for him, but it was significant and he was a tough son of a bitch. He was good. The heart you know, people didn't know him because he stayed around a long time and at the end of the run, of course, they just you as fodder to push you know faces on television and the arenas but stan stasiak was a top-notch heel and he was on fire for a lot of years and out here in the pacific northwest he's a legend like glassy was in hollywood and bruno on the east coast so it's like hey you can't ever uh don't cast the on Stan the man stasiak he was a damn good wrestler
2: and, uh, you know, of course, you know, later on his uh, son would get into business. Unfortunately, uh, you know, I mean, his I, I liked watching his son, son Sean, wrestle, but uh, he just didn't quite have the, uh, as they would call it, the it factor. I thought they really sabotaged his career with some of the stuff they had him do,
7: you know. Well, yeah, I'm friends with him. He's a nice guy. He looks a lot like his dad. And Nikolai was great friends with Stan Stasiak. So, you know, when we uh, hooked up with Sean a couple of times at some shows, you know, he was always forthcoming. And it was like, yeah, what they did, it, it, look, same old story. If you don't play their game, if you're not in the front office, then you're not going to get the big push. It's just the way it is. And if they don't like you, they don't like you. There's nothing you can do about it. When they like you, uh, like there are some gimmicks over the years that you see and it's like, how in the hell did that shit ever fly? But they thought it was great and, and they ran with it. So it's like, okay, what are you going to say? The guy that writes the checks, he gets, it's his cartoon. He's going to run it his way.
2: And, uh, we, we are now in the, uh, overtime. So, uh, basically it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, people have to download the rest of the show now to, uh, Hear the rest of the the meat of the interview which is really cool and uh you know we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and um um i uh, i i one thing i do want to apologize though for and uh you know i waited till we were on uh the overtime
7: to apologize for this but
2: you know time zones have never been my strong suit <laughs> they just
3: oh,
7: no, scott that home. was my screw up i screwed that up i, I don't know what the heck i'm thinking i'm uh, for some reason, I got the time. Oh, oh, look, I just had a, uh, a hot water heater blow up sound. Sunday morning at one thirty in the morning. And I woke up. Luckily, I'm sleeping on the couch, and I hear the, what the hell is that noise? And I go and I look, and it's like, oh, no. And, oh, boy, that was a shocker. So I was up all night dealing with that, Wait for the plumber. and ugh, It's been a wild 48 hours. So I screwed the time up. That's on me. And that's why I said I just want to know. Just let me know exactly when you will, because I treasure this. I really do. It means a lot to me talking with people like you and Granny. It's true fans of wrestling. So when we get to share these insights, it's important. And to keep the history alive, please, I don't want people just to know and remember what goes on today. They need to remember the pioneers that paved the way for them, like a Dominic DiNucci who I stay in touch with. I mean, poor Dominic, uh, you know, okay, so he trained Mick Foley. That's great. Wonderful. Sure. Mick Foley probably one of the top big names that it's on people's lips today, but Dominic DiNucci had a stellar career without a doubt. So I'd like to have him remembered for who he was and what he did in the business because I'll tell you what, there's a guy that when we he wrestled a match with Nikolai, I got to work with Dominic three or four, maybe even five times, and when he hit me, and he was in his later years, I'm not going to give a number, but it was like, my God, he didn't hit me hard, he pulled the punch, but I could tell that man in his prime would kill you, too. He was solid. He had that soup bone for a fist, like a killer Kowalski, too. Uh, you know, they didn't have that uh, Ken Patera, Tony Atlas bodybuilder physique. But they had those ligament strength, those arms like an octopus. With the arms and legs wrapped around you, you were done. You ain't getting out, man. That's it. Well, see, real quick, too, talking about Backlund. When you saw him on television, you thought, well, gee, he looks like a skinny kid. But when you saw him in person at the arenas, it's like, wow. You see the muscle definition in the guy, and you see him – pick up at that time 297 pound ken patera and slam him or lift them up for the atomic knee drop it's like hey daddy that man's got strength period okay no matter whatever else you may think about wrestling again true fiction they could do everything you saw they could do it legitimately if they weren't already actually doing it like what i described but see, then you look at, uh, like, the Chief, Strongbow, my all-time favorite, and God rest his soul, became a dear friend of mine the last 10 years of his life. I've seen Jim Cornette talk about Strongbow in a very respectful way. And like Corny said, he said, I don't get it. I look back at his matches, and I scratch my head. He's like, you know, no heat with him. You know, I love the guy, but it's like he didn't do anything. But the people went crazy. And it's like, that's a master craftsman. That's what the hell it's all about because Johnny Valiant told me a story, and he said uh, he's working with Chief, and he used to call him Dinky. He said, hey, Dinky, take it easy. They can see it, but they can't feel it. And he's like, you're right, Chief. You're right. Okay, okay. And that makes sense because, hey, you've got to get up tomorrow morning, and you've got to drive for five or six or eight hours to get to the next town and do it again. So don't kill each other because this is how we pay the rent and put the bread and potatoes on the table. You know, you go out there and you kill each other, it ain't going to do any good. Now, the Garden, yeah, they always gave extra for the Garden, without a doubt. You were going to see more impact, if you will, during matches. The blows were going to be harder, and everything was going to look, let's say, as they say in the movie industry, cleaner, sharper. You know, there was no room for error there. I mean, probably too you're on the uh, Madison Square Garden cable network back in the 70s that was that was the big thing cable I didn't have cable my god so what uh, late the mid 80s where I lived and so it, it wasn't a big thing for us we were in the dark on a lot of activity in the 70s we didn't know anything that was going on if it wasn't in our town you get it in the newspaper two three days later if you're lucky the next day if it was New York or if you had a friend in another town, like I did at times, but God forbid you get on that long distance call. Your parents will kill you because the damn long distance calls would be like, uh, I don't know, five or ten dollars, and that was pretty good money back in those days. So you had hell to pay on that one. So you couldn't do that all the time. So you know that's another another way of looking at it too. How can you go back? It's like. When you have a relationship, you know, the early days are you're both in your prime, everything is great, you're you're new to each other, you're learning, you're experiencing things you've never experienced before. It doesn't mean you stop loving or caring, but it can never be like that again. That magic was for that time. And then you build on that. But unfortunately what they did with the the sport they did not build it in a good way they i don't even know why they use the word wrestling anymore because things i see it's like well it's it, wrestling entertainment i guess is about as close as you could get because there are ring ropes and what the referee does is beyond me because i don't know of anybody that gets disqualified anymore do they actually do that that's my question here but uh i
0: uh, don't really know
7: it, it's no, and, you know, a count-out was a big deal back in our days. You know, it was like, shit, that's that's a win. You got that guy, beat him on a count-out. Like Strongbow's first loss to Pampero Furpo was on a count-out in Madison Square Garden. You're like, oh, my God, he beat the Chief? How the hell did that happen? But that was a big deal. That was to build Furpo up for Pedro on the next show. And it was like, wow, you know, he beat Strongbow. That's pretty amazing. But then he disappeared. Furpo was a big deal. He really was. He was big in Detroit uh, going against the original Sheik, Farhat, and other areas. It's just he didn't last long in WWF. I don't know the story behind it, but uh, he got over. He, he, the wild bull from the Papas, and he had us captivated. We thought he was another wild man. So he was a good well, gimmick, know, but...
2: Well, you know, to kind of break it down, you know, I mean, Granny and I, we've been through the Legends era, to the New Generation, to the Attitude era, to the PG era, to the Ruthless Aggression era. Right now they're in the What the Are They Doing era is what, what it's called right now. Cause it's, yes. I mean, yes. we real quick here, because it's your time, but the reason why we started this show is we wanted to come on The air and complained about how bad the WWE was for two hours. Well, that was entertaining for about a month. And then I'm like, well, you know what? Let's do something different. Let me get some guests. Let's start talking to other wrestlers. Let's get their opinion on what they're doing. Let's do something cool. And that's where we're at today.
7: Good job. I love it, Scott. I love it a lot. Now, Scott the Icon, it's a great idea. Now see like my dear friend Evan Ginsburg, who I've known for thirty years, associate producer of The Wrestler, the movie Wrestling Then and Now, three hundred and fifty days on the road movie. Evan just beats the dead horse into the ground about certain people not being in the Hall of Fame. And it's like Evan, it is not gonna happen. The Hall of Fame is a gimmick, okay? If you it started out the first three or four years, it was legit, okay. They were they were it, well, when it was still when it wasn't a production. All right, let's put it that way. Right. Maybe even the first five years. Now it's like if you him? can't. What's it, with who? Evan? Oh, sure, absolutely, Evan. With and Evan's a great guest, and he's got plenty to talk about. And yes, absolutely, Evan Ginsburg would be wonderful for your show. But see, it's like Evan, if they you can't do anything for the WWE they're not putting you in the Hall of Fame. That's why you have actors and football players and all kind of bullshit in there. It's like, it, it's a production. It's not a real Hall of Fame deal anymore. And, you know, Bruno going in, I well, never say never. It was a shock of a lifetime because I never thought those two, Vince McMahon and Bruno, would ever be in a room together or in, even on a street together but by uh, unless it was by accident. But Hey, it happened. And it was like, well, good, because it really gives legitimacy. And in my opinion, and I don't have any inside information on this, but my opinion, I really felt like that was for the brick-and-mortar building because there's no way in hell they'd be able to put a building up and not have Bruno in there. That would just be a complete mockery. So, yeah, that had to be done. And, of course, he was deserving of it because there are stories where Bruno, you know, look, his first run, seven years, geez. Uh, okay, that's every night you're on top. And you, that means, you know, night after night, all eyes are on you. And he was tired and took a break. And he had a nice schedule going in Indianapolis and other places. And then here they are. You know, Pedro, God rest his soul, did a good job, great job. But how the hell are you going to follow Bruno? That guy was love beyond love. So then they started to stalk Bruno, basically, following around airports and stuff. And it was like, we need you to come back. And if if you really look it up, when Bruno took the belt from Stasiak on December the 10th of 73, he was still tag champions with Dick the Bruiser in Indianapolis. So he still had commitments to fill. So I really believe that was done. And I mentioned this in the book when it was real. I, I believe it was done because of a panic uh, the money, you know, anytime you see the house fall off at all, they, they really start to go apeshit, and uh, it was like, okay, uh, we gotta just change, because there were some tests, I'll tell you, there were some tests that were done, and uh, one of them, Bobo Brazil, uh, he actually carried Baltimore for the summer, uh, spring and summer of 1973, and Without a doubt, I mean, you know, Bobo was big in Baltimore. So whatever happened with Pedro, I don't know. But uh, you know, it, it it just had the, I guess the picture was being painted. And then, of course, when Bruno got hurt with the Stan Hansen deal, it's like, oh my God, really? You know, it's like I, you know, why did I, why did I come back then? But When you look at it, here's a guy, when he gets hurt, it's April the 26th. When he comes back, it's June the 26th. And when I say hurt, I'm talking about ruptured vertebrae in the neck. And it's like, who? What human comes back from that? That's incredible. But, you know, when you talk about Bruno San Martino, you're talking about somebody that was probably, I don't know what planet he came from, but he was not – of the human nature that we know believe me
2: well we have uh, nikita uh, Reznikov here uh, uh, unfortunately i'm now getting a signal saying that uh, we're going too long but uh uh what i did was i, I sent you my number uh if you could pass it on to um uh to him and then uh if so Evan, you could. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and I shouldn't ask for this, but I can't stop myself because our fans are waiting for it. My birthday is coming up the 27th of January, and uh, my one of my birthday wishes, maybe I can get an autographed copy of your book.
7: Well, now, I'm going to tell you, are, are we still on the air? Because I'll talk to you off the air yeah, about something yep. else. Yeah, we are. Okay, I'll, I'll wait then, I'll wait. Because no, uh, no, I did I'm send you ahead. something on December the 12th, so it's like I'm a little bit concerned that it didn't arrive because I'm holding the slip. And my hand is stupid post office. I could scream. And I'm, well, I'm you know, looking at all the funny info.
2: About here's what's funny about that. Um, I had a guest send me something the 1st of December, and I just got it today.
7: Okay. Then hopefully it's coming because uh, December the 12th is when I mailed it. And, look, I've heard that case, what you just described, and others, oh, man, it's like uh, I had a heater because where I where we the ho the house that we have we don't have brutal winters out here, so a uh, supplemental heat we do, unit works here. pretty good. <laughs> oh, I know you guys in North Dakota, oh boy. But the the guy that I bought it from, he was like, You know what, I'm not seeing any movement on the tracking. Now he was really good about it 'cause, you know, he, he was like I, I want you to get this. I, I want to make sure I keep my reputation. And I said, man, I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to cancel because I want this thing. I've had them in the past. They're great. This one just wore out. I want a new one. But then you know what? It was a Sunday. The damn thing got delivered. It was like 10 days late, and this guy's getting ready to pull the plug and he's like, I'll send you another one because I guess something went wrong. But it's like, hey. And then I've also seen pictures on Facebook of mail rooms, and they look like a disaster area. It looks like uh, somebody vomited mail. They're still in the packages, and it's like, what the hell is going on here? They they want more money, these bastards? Hey, I think you need more people. Well, look, again, about the money. I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think what happened, they downsized over the years to save money, and now eat it. Now what the hell are you going to do, dummy? Now you're caught with your pants down. Good luck. But we suffer. You know, people that depend yeah. on like uh, social security checks and things like that. Hey, when that stuff is late, that's your life. That's terrible, man. Well, yeah, I know it,
6: it, it,
2: it is ridiculous, and you know, you know, don't want to get you know into political discussion here, but it's uh, okay. So here's the thing. He sent it to me. Okay, he sent it uh, December fifteenth, and I got it today, okay. which is the fourth of uh, January. So yes, um, uh, th- things are delayed coming to North Dakota. I I, 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 I swear not to make light of it. Uh, you know I don't want to joke about the post office because, uh, you know they'll probably let someone send a bond to my house. But uh, I, I think they reconverted to the Express here in North Dakota.
7: I got you on that one because uh, I live in yeah small town. Let's Everett where the Boeing plant is, but. You know, still we're considered backwater compared to Seattle. But you know what? I'm, I can actually look this up because it was priority mail. So good, I got a tracking number, I believe. Yeah, I do. Good, good. So I'll find out what's going on with it. But Perfect. in any event, uh, in any event, uh, let's let's continue. And I'll tell you what, the discussion is great. I think your show, it needed to be done. It really did. And it's you have to vent because it's like somebody abused a family member for what's been done to wrestling. And you, it, who do you go after? I mean, uh, you can't get to Vince McMahon, and I'm not suggesting it, but my, what I'm saying is you you are so angry that the only thing you can do is vent. So that's what we do. We vent about it. And it's like... Well, you know, and when I, I mean um, When I say get to Vince McMahon, I don't mean in a physical violence way. but I mean right. is... You, you can't give the, pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Vince, we don't like this. Uh, can you knock it off?" Yeah. Can you it's like, "No, they're." I guess the best description I just read it in Backlund's book a couple of days ago. George Steele, I believe, said, "We stopped doing wrestling and they started selling uh, figurines and they started selling, uh, you know, popsicles and different things like that. we became a marketing company instead of a wrestling company." And I guess that's what it's all about. So, how do you argue with a guy that's a billionaire? Hmm. And how do you right. Tell well, you know, I'll money? tell you,
2: I I have I have my uh, opinion on it, and I I'll give this opinion again. Uh, for what's going on with uh, you know the WWE, I mean, you know things were on a downslide. You know they can't blame COVID for this, but I this is my opinion. Uh, but I believe it, the downfall right now was caused by the guy sleeping with the boss's daughter. That's my opinion.
7: Well, yeah, because I don't know who's running what. I've heard those rumors, and I, my opinion, I'll tell you what, maybe it's convoluted, maybe it's crazy, but Vince loved it, and I think he knows he's not going to be here. I mean, he's still in good shape, but he, he's, he's up there in the lottery where his number can get called any day, and I think he'd like to see it uh, die before he does. I really do. I think it was his right. baby. He delivered it, and I think he wouldn't be too sad to see it go down. As long as they're protected the money-wise, which most people are in that kind of business, you protect your assets. I think as the name wrestling, I think he'd be happy to see it go.
2: You know, and uh, you've know, you you've been so awesome with us, and uh, I do hope that uh, you will uh, be willing to come on with us again. And I, like I say I hope you... I hope you can pass my number on. Uh, I'd love to have uh, the the producer of the movies on with us. I think that would be awesome, Evan too, you know. Evan
7: Ginsburg, without yeah. a doubt. I, Evan, because Evan is a great guy with, he likes to promote in, with wrestling. He's a true blue fan. He was at the guard because Evan's big line is, I was there, I was there. He was at a lot of those shows, and. Uh, He'd be great to talk just about the movie, The Wrestler, because he was an associate producer, so he's deep, believe me. And Evan had what they called a a fanzine years ago, an underground publication. That's what wrestling then and now started as, and that was great. Doing basically what you're doing now, talking about wrestling, you know, what we love, and then at that time it was just cartoonish. Now it's absolutely Maniacal, but he would be able to express it without a doubt. Because I tell you, do we have any minutes left?
2: Uh, we have a we have about four.
7: Four. I'll tell you real quick. The reason, how I met him. He was a guest on a, a local Baltimore radio talk show. I had nothing to do with the business at the time. Uh, really, neither did Evan, except for his little magazine there. So they're talking to him about hulk hogan and evans talking about what a disaster he's going to be and they're like you must be absolutely insane because they're selling out buildings they're doing this they're doing that well they also had a contest who was bob Backlund's last opponent in baltimore and before he lost the belt nobody was getting it because it was tony atlas he won a battle royal so i said all right i don't want the t-shirt but i want to talk to your guest and he and i struck a friendship at that point because i said i agree with you wrestling is going to suffer because of hulk Hogan." you know, they may be cashing in at the gate, but wrestling is going to suffer because of Hulk Hogan. And then from that, Evan and I became, like I say, about 30 years now, friends, good, really close friends. Well,
2: you know, I'll tell you what, I would, uh, like I say, if you could, uh, uh pass my number on him, uh, I would, I would love to book him on. Uh, we, we, you know, our, our guests are booked, uh, you know, we, we have a lot, uh, a booked, but, uh, i'll find i'll find a way to get him on and uh or we can uh set it up far enough in advance to set the schedule and uh you are awesome sir and uh uh, i know granny hawkster love talking to you and i wish big swing would have been able to chime in on this but uh you know he uh you know to pay the bills and so we can do this show uh he has to work three jobs i have to work four jobs and Uh, We want to keep Granny retired so she doesn't have to go back to work. So uh, that's why we do what we do, you know.
7: Well, it's like the great Jim Croce used to say, if you dig it, do it. And if you dig it a lot, do it twice. So have me back. We will definitely do that.
2: I'll stay in contact with you. And uh, we appreciate it, sir. You are awesome. Thank you. Have a great evening. My pleasure.
7: Uh, uh, Granny, thank you. God bless all of you.
2: All right. That was awesome, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, Mr. Brezhne, uh Nikita Brezhnikov, the living legend, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, with that uh, being said, uh, uh, we did go overtime tonight. Uh, we do appreciate those that stuck by. Uh, we don't get to do that too often. Uh, but when I'm running the board, I make the rules, I guess. So that's what it is. Uh, we have uh, uh, three great guests lined up. Uh, Uh, For next week Uh, And uh, you'll have to check out Our Facebook page Off the ropes to find out who they're going to be And uh, Well we'll see what happens Uh, Until then We want to thank everybody uh, For being with us Uh, Grand you'll be here next week And uh, I know that Big Swing will be here next week And uh, Yeah so once I can Find the I can find the uh, the outro music. I can hit that, and then we could uh, say "love you," uh, and uh, we can all get out of here. So, good night, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, everybody have a good night, and uh, you know we love you guys. And uh... where did he put the uh, the end music? I uh, I might have to just come up with something. Um, because I know this is riveting uh, radio here. Um, you ever know, one of those days when your uh, computer just doesn't want to work. Oh you know yeah. I'm gonna go. Out, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go out. Uh, I'm gonna go out with. Uh, I'm, gonna go out with uh, I'm gonna go out with this night in honor of that big swing. We'll go out with this. Have a good night, everybody, and we'll see you next week, same time, same channel.
6: You think you know me?